is Dean Wilson, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Moto X Pod Show, starring Darkseid, his co-host Scotty, sometimes TJ. Well, we are back. Feels like it's been a month. I think it's only been a couple weeks. Who knows? I've lost track of time. This is the Moto X Pod Show, episode 242, brought to you by a title, our title, I already screwed up, our title sponsor, Terabies USA. For decades, Terabies USA has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. The products that fit perfect, look great, and last, Terabies has what you need. Whether it's full plastic kits, individual pieces, hand guards, chain guides and sliders, or anything else they offer, visit acherubiesusa.com and support our title sponsor, and always try to let them know that you're listening to the show also on board, Racetech, which is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning gold valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made right here in the USA. Racetech also offers state-of-the-art precision engine services and parts to all engine builders. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Fly Racing's on board with us as always. X-Brand Goggles, Works Connection. Use that co- promo code MOTOXPOD20 at Works Connection. Get you some, get you an elite clutch perch. Get you a uh, time, uh, engine hour meter, a meet hour meter. I just put one on the YZ250. There's all kinds of cool stuff. Get you an engraved master cylinder cover with the Moto X Pod Show logo and support the show. Also, Torque One Racing, our jerky, best snacks on the planet. I'm still eating those, even though I'm sort of on a quote-unquote diet. I'll go with my R jerky. You can use that promo code MOTOXPOD21. Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. ID. Uh, you want your graphics lettered up? You want them to look bitching like mine with Eddie from Iron Maiden in the numbers? Well, there's only one place to go. It's Berm Lords. And they'll do your graphics, make your bike look brand new. Shock Socks for your fork seal protection. Williams Moto Works. Extreme Colors if you want a custom-painted helmet. Blood lubricants for the best oil on the market. The Barracuda Bloodline is out with multiple weights, better protection, better performance, and it lasts longer. WP Suspension Guys, go to Power Band Racing. True Fusion Sports for your recovery. If you're an athlete like me, I've been using the soaks and the gels and the, all the different stuff for muscle pain over the last couple weeks as I've been cycling or quote-unquote pedaling, as the seems to be the industry way to say it, pedaling. And, of course... Grill your ass off. Promo code MOTOXPOD. If you guys cook, grill out, you got to go to grill your ass off. Get you some chicken seasoning, some mod deuce for your steaks. Willie Pete's for chicken. There's the um, Claymore mine or Claymore uh, Cajun seasoning. It's all incredible. Uh, Hang on. Uh, Okay. Anyway, this is, uh, as I said, episode 242 of the MOTOXPOD show. Scotty, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just is it two forty two or two forty one? Should be two forty two, I believe. If Uh-oh. it's two forty one, I screwed up. Or if it's two forty, what you? If one of us screwed up, 
Why? Because I put it 241 on the... What's the graphic say that I gave you? Uh, I don't know. 241 was Aaron Plessinger and Damon Bradshaw, oh, so yeah, we're at 242. Was, we can fix it later. Mistake. No worries. But anyway, what have you been up to Man, the last uh, couple of weeks? Um, I, I, I might have... You, you didn't know if you were going to be here because I think you had herpes. What yeah, that's what it was. I had herpes if yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, That sucks when, had, when had, that flares up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? It's You got to live with the choices that you made in life, I guess. Yeah. But no, I had I had COVID last week. It was horrible, man. I, I hadn't had it this whole time. And, uh, you never got it at all? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought you had it. You just didn't have it bad. No, I, I had gotten sick a couple times, thought I had it, but I never actually had it. And uh, I'm glad that I had not had it before because it sucks. And now I can't taste stuff. And like, I'm not on a diet. I do like food. And now I can't taste it. So that really sucks. Um, but other than that, just, just been hanging out, trying to just keep promoting the show and yeah. just our sponsors and watch a lot of Loretta's. That was that's the, the high point. The, yeah, you got sick at the perfect time. Yeah. I got to watch Loretta's the whole time. Cause I was sick. Well, this, this episode two forty two, not two forty one, yep. is full of Loretta's national champions. Uh, yeah. So we have a slew of them. Yeah. So. First off, we're going to have Shane McElrath, uh, who did not win a Loretta's title this year or in his career, but he got a couple seconds. So Shane McElrath's going to come on. He's going to talk about his new gig, what happened. When I actually reached out to him, he hadn't even, I hadn't, the club MX thing hadn't been announced yet, but we'll talk about that. Uh, Avery Long is going to come in. He is the Blue Crew Amateur Rider of the Year, the AMA Amateur Rider of the Year. He won two championships in 450B and 450B Limited. Then we're going to have Kay Johnson on. He's a local mm-hmm. East Texas kid. Uh, he is the champion for mini senior two, 13 yep. to 15. He's going to come on. He was on a few years ago. I, I had yeah. him on, uh, but yeah, it's been a while. Then Sophia Phelps is going to come on. She's a two time women's motocross champion and Caden Braswell, who might've been the surprise of the whole thing. Yeah. That, that other than like, other than maybe like Cole Martinez, but well, Caden, just, Caden Braswell was just amazing. the way the whole pro classes went was yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, wa- he won, uh, 250 Pro Sport, and then got second in Open Pro Sport. So, yeah, a lot of champions. It's going to be a fun show. A lot of amateur talk, kid, talking to the amateur kids, yeah. what the future holds, et cetera. Um, before we get into that, well, let's, we'll just start with this our X-Brand Lucid Whole Shot conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Talk a little bit about Loretta's. What was the biggest surprise? What stood out to you? Uh, the f- uh, yep. the, uh. most, the most disappointing thing was probably Hymas. I like. I just kept watching. I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't want to go. With, I don't want to go with disappointing. Let's go with surprising. Surprising. Well, yeah, I expected it to be better. I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't know who Caden Braswell was going into this weekend, and now I yeah. know who he is. So that was no, probably. No, dis- I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to use the word disappointing with chance. I wanted to use. Let's use. It was surprising that he didn't do as well. Let's not say we're disappointed. I mean, it's okay. Just, no, you're right. You're to, right. I'm trying fair. to pull the negativity back totally a little fair. bit for, on chance because the kid can ride. Well, not that I'm. Yeah, I, I'm not week. trying to throw him under the bus or nothing. I, I like, just, I expected like you just hate the kid. I mean, what, yeah, well, yeah, get yeah. Him I on just the phone real quick. I just, uh, I was really expecting a battle between him and Ryder. The whole like that's what I thought. Yeah, I was sure when I watched. When I sat there dying in my bed and I was watching the Reddits, I was like, I was expecting to see just him. That was the only two names that I really knew about was Hymas and, and Ryder. And I, I figured they'd go one, two. And it, yeah, it just it did not go that way. Well, I mean, there was a few of those surprises. Like there was moments when Ryder was 
not in the lead. Yeah. You know, and I was like, what is going on? And same with Talon Hawkins. Like, I thought, I, I kind of expected a little more out of him, yeah. Evan Ferry. But, you know, I'm going to talk about this in the wrap-up show tomorrow night because Steve brought a lot of the stuff. But, you know, it's one race, right? One week. These kids, who knows, man, they put so much pressure on themselves. They go in and it just, it, sometimes mentally, maybe it just screws them up. Yeah. And, and they don't ride their best. And, you know, Ryder rode really well. He had a bike problem, had a few other little setbacks, a couple crashes. Chance, he obviously did not ride well, and he talked about that. Evan was sick. So who knows? There's so many. You can't really, you can't go, oh, man, these guys are a disappointment or they're not going to be what that we thought they were going to be because of this one race. It's just, it isn't that important or that. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal when you go win it, but if you have a bad Loretta's, it's not, not the, the end, end of yeah. the world. It's not, but it, as far as, yeah, as, as what surprised me the most, yeah, that was that was it, for sure. What about Brownie and Kiefer? Kiefer got worked. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, he kind of knew he was going to get worked by Brownie there, but still, I thought he'd be closer than that. Dude, Brownie's a, that dude's a freak. Like, I remember even seeing him at the, uh, he was at the Pro Challenge this last year. Yeah, he's been and, a couple times, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of names there this year. There's, I've definitely been there when there's more, but dude, he was like podium like almost every single race that right. he did, and it's like, how is that? Doesn't doesn't make any sense that he can do that? But yeah, he did, and uh, yeah, he he shouldn't even. I don't even know why he was riding that plus fifty class. That's not even fair. Like, <laughs> did he? Is there anybody that he didn't lap? I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I you know what? That was Michael Gage, our buddy told me like the first moto he's like hey i didn't get lapped by brownie that was oh, so, like it. But so I michael think was he, there yeah he got 13th overall i think I mean, that's not terrible not bad considering he's one of those guys similar to brownie where he doesn't really ever ride yeah he just it, he doesn't now obviously not the same level but he's like he basically rides a couple times a year and yeah he, and he was riding somebody else's bike and he went out there and still got 13th I mean, that's it's, not bad it's pretty good i uh it, it blows my mind because when you're watching it on on the feed it doesn't it doesn't look like because you can't hear it. It's it's kind of like the sounds not really. It's not like the a normal race coverage where you have like the microphone on every corner or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. So you can't really hear it, and you're watching them go, and they all you know everybody looks smooth, and then like you see a couple of clips of like on Instagram of, of like how of close up video, and then you hear how loud it was and like how fast yeah. they really are going, and then I watch guys like. Uh, uh, John Moeller, who's a local guy from around here, and he rides that. I ride that plus thirty class with him, and I oh, well. We sign up, and that's about that's yeah, about the closest that we are. Yeah, John's fast. Yeah, and he's fast, and then I see him like struggling to get like tenth or eleventh, and I'm like, yeah. dude, like, yeah, it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's crazy how fast those guys how are. How about so? I was l absolutely cracking up when Weege and Kevin Kelly were announcing together. I was dying. Yeah, laughing. Kevin Kelly's funny. They were so funny together. But then I saw people that were like, oh, those two guys are the worst. I don't know. I I, I would be perfectly happy if uh Weege and Kevin Kelly were the announcer for, Adler, calling the, for yeah. Nationals. Kevin <laughs> Kelly, he's definitely a character. Dude, that's for they sure. were funny. I thought it was so good. I loved it. So that Yeah, was, I heard I heard Weege was getting crap for the first day he had the brace on and then he didn't. Yeah, so, and he talked about that on Pulp yeah, last I heard, night. Yeah, like, I heard it. He, they beat him down so much that he took it off and he was wearing <laughs> it at night in the beer tent just, you know, cuz he had to get back to the tent or, or back to the cabin. Yeah, yeah poor Weege. Uh let's talk a couple different things here. Paul Parabinos has been promoting the RaiseIt4USA.com for the golf tournament. They're, mm -hmm. they're raising funds for Team USA. It's a very expensive gathering. A lot of the money comes out, you know, from the OEMs, and they got to raise some money to do this. So if you go to Raise It For, the number four, RaiseIt4USA.com, 
You can contribute to Team USA if you'd like. Um, I apparently am going to play golf for the first time yep. in this tournament with a bunch of other people who have never played golf. So it ought to be very entertaining. Yeah, y'all ought to, y'all, y'all won't be holding anybody up or nothing. No, no. no. Uh, I think Alex Gobert and Nick Still from Moda Limited and myself and then Michael Lindsay are going to be a team. And Michael said he's played a little bit, but barely. So it should be pretty entertaining. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I'm going to have to give Darkside a couple of, of, of pointers. I don't know how much that's going to help, but we can try. Yeah. yeah. We might, I mean, it's going to be an absolute... So what you do is you hold show. the club in your hands, and then you tee the ball up. And then I think you, I'm just going to take then, a bat. I'm going to throw the golf ball yeah. in the wall and then smash a golf ball. Just coach pitch style, just yeah. toss it up and yeah. hit some dingers. Usually what I do is I bounce it off the ground, you know, and like then, try, work, and then grab both the hands. And, yeah, and smash it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll try That'll that. That'll work. I'm so sure anyway, the golf course will love that. Do some support to uh, Team USA. Raise it for USA.com. Go help help out the team. What's probably funny is y'all are, you're probably going to go to like – a course that's nicer than anything I've ever played, and you have no idea what you're doing. That's 100% probably the case. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, definitely the I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know what club I, to pick, uh, other than when I'm driving, I guess. Yeah, drive, yeah. We'll, we, we'll, we'll, I mean, just, I'm just going to play with a putter and a sand wedge. Hey, okay, so I had a buddy that he went and played with me one time. I bet he did. I, and, and I <laughs> – go drink a Coke. <laughs> Oh, I like yeah. If you guys are watching on YouTube and you see a blur of a flash of light, and I and next thing you know, Scotty's like laying on the ground. Yeah, I might have ripped his throat out. Yeah, I'm jonesing for a coke right yeah, now. No um, caffeine. Whew, it's been a week, over a week. I need a coke, so I might I might hurt Scotty tonight. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so but he so he never plays. Played a couple of times. I went out and played with him, and he. He was at one point beating me because he was literally, he was just, he was taking his driver, hitting a little bun out to the middle of the fairway, take a, took a three wood, ran it up there, and then tried to put it in as close as he could. And, and Is that English that you just spoke? Yeah. So a lot of, he, he was, he was definitely playing to, he wasn't trying to play to play to be good. He was playing what he could do yeah, and, and sure. he's playing to his strengths I and, doubt, and, and I it, it almost worked. I doubt I'll do that. I'll no. just, <laughs> guys, this is the X brand lucid whole shot conversation. Visit xbrand.com. Go to your local dealership. Ask for X brand goggles distributed through WPS. The X brand lucid goggle. The new one was with the wave latch, quick release lens system, race face, four layer factory foam, lucid extreme definition optics. Again, visit your local dealership. Ask for X brand through WPS. Yeah, well, it's going to be fun. Hopefully, Paul can raise a, lot, a bunch of money to help out the team, make things easier. That's what we want to do. Uh, let's see. This week, Unadilla's in a couple days, or less than a week. Yeah, My, my schedule's all mixed up right now because it, it, with the new job. Last time I great. checked, they race on Saturdays. Yep, so it's coming up. Dino's back. Mookie's back. Dylan Ferrandis is back. How much of an impact do those guys have? On the just on the on the on the day. I mean, obviously, you got to put those guys in the top ten. So. All of them, you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, Dylan's going to win. He's still going to win the championship. Yeah, he yeah. He'll, he'll win out. He, he'll be good. Yeah, he'll, he's still he he's the twenty twenty two uh, Supercross championship, as far as you're concerned, right? No, nah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I mean, I think that it's you know everybody's battling for third anyway, so. That third through tenth battle, they'll be in that, and they'll and they'll make that part interesting. I don't think they have any effect on what Tomac and Sexton are doing. I right. mean, you put two guys in there that are that are actually 
fighting for something, and obviously they're just going to be at a level. They've proven that they're a level above everybody else right now, and I'm. That's what I'm most excited to see. I mean, that seeing those glad to have those guys back, maybe a little more depth. I think that's good for the sport, obviously. But the championship is on, and I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm pretty excited they're back. Uh, I feel bad for Dino. You know, I think his, his career is starting to wind down, and he's kind of figuring that out that it's coming to an end. He's going to try to enjoy these last four. Uh, then, of course, you know I'm a big Dylan Ferrandez fan, so I'm glad he'll be back. Uh, let's talk about we we try to rush through some things before the first guest of the night. Super Motocross. Yeah, I mean this feels like it could be a a, a Nintendo game in 1995. Yeah, the title or it could work. be. You know, part two to Supercross the movie. <laughs> uh, it's it's not a very good branding name. It's not very, it's not great. Yeah. So we, I mean, it's it's supposed to be a, it's Super supposed to be like a motocross. So you so you, you're supposed to take the best from the outdoors and the best from Supercross, and they're supposed to have like a little ultimate championship thing. I, I don't know like much that. about they, it. They're, it's going to be some kind of. Uh, so I just blanked on what I'm looking for. Like, glad uh, one is in Austin, you gotta, you so gotta we can go qualify to, it? to get in. Yeah, and then there's an extra ten million dollars, three three more races at the end of the season. I don't like it, man. I mean, yeah, okay. As a fan, great, it's more racing. As somebody that's sort of part of the industry now, like these, I feel like these guys need a break. Yeah, they need. It's not a regular job where you work five days a week and you get your weekends off, and and you know you work every every week of the year pretty yeah. much. These guys are hard at it seven days a week. Nine months out of the year, it's not right. I just don't think they should have another month of riding. Even if there is going to be extra weeks off throughout the season, they're not going to get to recover. They're not going to get to go with their family on a trip Yeah, during that weekend off. They're going to be training for the next week. They're going to be riding. It's mm-hmm. not, it's too much. I I don't, I don't like it. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the idea. Just fuck. I, I don't, I don't think we need it. Yeah. I do. I mean, like if there's yeah. a, you can do some one-off races, that's fine. If these guys want to go race, they can. But to have it a yeah, part of so, a series, so is basically, not cool. if you're good, you kind of have to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It's an AMA sanctioned yeah. thing. Yeah, it's part of the series. And I think there's going to be like a single champion or something. All the details aren't out, but yeah, I mean, I'm always down for more racing. I think the concept of going to places like uh, like they were talking about getting back in the Coliseum and then that's, going to that the Coliseum sucks. Well, dude, you know that unless that, they let them ride, build a track on the field and not around the field like they used to. If like they, if they, yeah, if they can bring that peristyle jump in. I'm in, so in. Dude, I don't know. Yeah, that was fine back in the eighties. La- them launching like, ninety miles the an hour. Fifties are gonna like jump out into. Yeah. The, they're gonna end up on the fifty yard line on accident. We're gonna meet, whiskey off the thing and yeah. know, jump across the. It'd be a good way to test if there's extraterrestrial life out there because they'll be jumping that far. Extraterrestrial life because they'll be jumping that far into space. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't give. A, I don't care about that. Like I'll see them race. To be honest, well, you'll care. I that, like the Austin. Yeah, race. you're about to say you'll care about that yeah, one because yeah, you'll get, that, to, you'll get cool. to go to it easily. Yeah, I might go to all of them. You don't tell me what I'm going to get to do. Sorry. <laughs> okay, you had some questions because we have not talked about the vital gig. Yeah, and some of the listeners wanted to know about. Well, that. we got about ten minutes, so let's try to get into what do you want to know? What do they want to know? So full time now, man. So when you when you grinding. wake up after your your bike ride, yep, and uh, getting chased by dogs, and yep. you come back, you take a shower. What is like? Have this on my desk by the end of the day. Like, what do you have to? It depends. Do? So. Three days a week, I have to do a bike of the day, which means going on the website, picking one of the, the forum members' post bikes that they built or their bikes or whatever. Excuse me. And I, I have to pick one of those. I gotta, so that's, that's just easy stuff. 
uh, every day I'm supposed to do a couple of pro like spotlights, which when you log on to the vital homepage, you see the, the top features, the top news stories or whatever things that we're spotlighting or featuring. Yeah. Uh, I have to do a couple of features or a couple of spotlights a day, which might be like, she's like, okay, Shane McElrath, Shane McElrath going to club of Mexico day, got posted on YouTube, got posted on, on Instagram. I will share that through right. vital. So it's just building Building a story, basically going in through the software and building, putting the pictures on, urgency on news, adding the caption, whatever. Yeah, and then I've got to do a few features, which are the interviews. Like tonight, we're going to talk to Shane McElrath. Yeah, I'm going to transcribe this that interview. That will go up on Vital by the end of the week. Got to add a picture, or multiple pictures. Got to add, turn the put the audio into Adobe Premiere and turn it into like a separate podcast for Vital that will go on their YouTube channel. I have to build all that. Yeah. That's all new to me. I'm using this Mac that's sitting here in front of me. That's new. Using Adobe and Photoshop is all new. new world. Yes, it is. So it's stuff that takes Michael like 10 minutes to do. It's taking me like an hour and a half. It's getting yeah, quicker. Get there. It's getting way quicker. Uh, I've made multiple mistakes. He'll call, he'll call me daily and be like, hey, man, you uh, did this wrong. You added this or the link's not right or whatever. And I have to fix it real Dude, quick. Dude, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm not very tech savvy so power to you power to you to try he's he's being pretty patient he's having to be pretty patient to walk me through a lot of this yeah because it is new to me but um yeah in a couple of months time it'll be what it is though he'll i have a list here like tomorrow i've got a grant harlan interview that i've got to get out i was supposed to do the shane McElrath one thursday uh we'll probably do the avery long one friday and anything else that he might say hey try to get this done I, i did a bike build interview with one of the four members that built a 2000 YZ250 McGrath replica bike. That's awesome. So I interviewed him about probably that. a month ago and that's that went up today. So yeah, that that's pretty much what I'm doing and just in between though it's it's nice cuz I I could I could run it's to just town. a bunch of Yeah, it's it's literally I'm sitting in front of the laptop probably 6 8 hours a day. How do you, Eventually it won't be that long. It'll be a lot quicker. Better than digging ditches though, right? Oh. Heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't miss that at all. This has been, it's been cool. It's no re- no regrets. And then, of course, you know, getting the travel. I'm driving out to Paula, which I guess, I, we again, I keep forgetting we haven't done a show since I've been back. Yeah. I'm gonna, so while I was out there, and we'll probably have to get to some of this at the end of the show, uh, I rode the 23 Husky 250F, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I was going to ride the 350, but it had a flat. And instead of us changing tubes, I was like, this, I'll just ride the 250. It's fine. But I am going to go pick the 350 up. Mm-hmm. The weekend of Paula, and I'm going to bring it back, and I'll have that bike for a few months here in Texas. I think you'll like a 350. I do too. I do too because I really like the 250, and just a little bit more power is going to make all the difference. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. Um, I'm trying to think, that, run through some things that happened like while I've been gone. Oh, I got to ride the 23 CRF 450 because Michael was doing the the bike re- release or whatever. Mm-hmm. He went out to Paula Factory Honda was out there, set the bike up for him. And at the end of the day. They were like, hey, do you want to ride it? Oh, I didn't know that was an option. Heck, yeah. yeah so they set, yeah. set it up for me, my weight, my speed, et cetera, or my slowness. So and yeah. I went and I took four laps on it, and then I, and we were ready to go. I was like, all right, I got a feel for it. I actually like the Husky better. But it was cool. It was, it was pretty cool to have factory Honda out there, a tech, yeah, and, like, and be like, hey, like, oh, you, it, yeah, it, yeah, get it all ready for yeah. me. And it, it was pretty neat to experience that. So I got to experience some pretty cool stuff while in Cali nice. was vital, and I think it's going to be a lot more of that. With just, his job, just yeah. Whoever bought, whoever was buying dark side stock a couple months ago, man, it is. Man, somebody got somebody might have got rich if they yeah if they bet on me off, man. I wish I'd bet in on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> but that's kind of what's going on. Do they have any other questions? We've got approximately five minutes. Anything else uh, they want to know? Sport Woods said for me to let me ride the 350. Nah, I don't trust you. You might leave. You might drain the oil. Yeah, there's, <laughs> hold, hold on, that oil, that oil bowl is way too tight. Let, yeah. me, let me go let, fix that real quick. loosen it up. <laughs> the funny thing is, so with that 250, oh, you know what? Let's change subjects real fast. So my YZ250, got to mm-hmm. put it back together. I got my suspension back from PDR, the Racetech uh, suspension shop, PDR Performance. I got the ride this weekend at Master Pools. Went out, chased more, buddy, took some pictures, took some mm-hmm. video. I'm going to try to get that stuff put together this weekend and over to Kiefer Inc. But the, the PDR suspension was amazing. When we got there, the track was just absolutely baked. It was like riding on concrete, so rough. So I was even slower than normal. But the that, suspension really soaked it up. It was really smooth, really plush. The little clip that I saw of you was you where I think it was somebody was filming Chase film you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, One of his, I've met him his, before. Yeah, yeah I, I've I, met and it was his, it's not Darian. Or D- yeah, 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 Darian. So. Yeah. Something like that. Something like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's really cool. Really cool dude. Yeah, so I saw it and, and it sounded good. Yeah, it sounded like, mean, like, dude. Yeah. It sounds so mean. Um, the suspension, like, it, it was kind of, on the braking bumps, it would kick a little hard on rebound. But I think it was just because I was going so slow. If I'd actually been going faster, it would have worked better. Yeah. But the bike felt good. The Mission Star Cross 6 is hooked up. The graphics look good. Um, look good, ride good, ooh, feel good. I don't know yeah. how I, that I rode well. I rode okay, but it was fun. I love the bike. I do want the I do want the four stroke though. <laughs> but uh, I got way more arm pump on the two stroke than the four stroke. Oh yeah, because it's because you're just your your yeah. your clutch is just. I rode crap three up. days in California, three separate days, and I would say close to forty minutes, forty five minutes to an hour each time. And almost never got arm pump riding that four stroke out there. I don't know. There was that bike really fit me well. I was super comfortable. It was a lot of fun. I keep saying it was a lot of fun, but it was. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's kind of what's going on. So guys, if you aren't big vital listeners or watchers, start going up you there and checking be. out. Yeah, start checking out Vital. I'm posting stuff every day as well as Michael Lindsay and Grant. Uh, they're all putting was, cool stuff up. Was there any more discussion of what the Moto X Pod show will look like? Not really. We're gonna have to wait a little bit on that. I mean, we're just gonna have to wait till the end of the year and kind of figure it out. We, as far as I'm aware of, it's we're we're pretty much nothing's changing until the end of the year. I right? do know one of us is gonna have to go. They're only yeah. keeping one of us. Uh, my vote's you. To keep me? No, to get or rid to of go. you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You gotta go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Everybody guess, knows that this is this is my studio and all the and all the my hard work that's that's here. One hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. <laughs> all right, let's take our first commercial break. We'll be back with Shane McElrath. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entercam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal, but thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, 
Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has been developing and innovating its gear line since 1998. Fly Racing is the only choice if you want the best. Just ask current riders Zach Osborne, RJ Hampshire, Damon Bradshaw, Justin Brayton, Carson Mumford, and many more. Check out your local dealership and ask for Fly Racing, as well as the endless list of products offered by WPS. Tonight, Fly Racing brings us a rider that recently actually just switched gear companies, but that's okay. It's a really great gear company. Our guy... Uh, our guy Shane McArath is on the phone, and uh, Shane, man, you just announced yesterday, I believe, uh, a new deal. Yeah, so um, I'm on team number three for the year, and you know, I'm just uh, I'm just making my way through the industry and getting to meet a lot of new people and get to work with people uh, I've already uh, known for a while, and yeah, just trying to uh, trying to keep moving forward. Yeah, I want to talk to you about a few of these things. So, you had the fill-in ride mm-hmm. with Factory Husky, and you knew it was probably a, it was supposed to be a four-race deal. It turned into eight. Yep. But at the same time, you're currently 10th in points. I, I was quite surprised how things went down. Were you surprised at all that they did not keep you on? Um, Not really. Okay. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people kind of said that same thing. It's like, dude, that, there's no reason they shouldn't keep you on, and um, from the very beginning, uh, I mean, I was filling in for Dean and the all year they've had an issue with, um, having enough parts for, for the, the new, uh, model of their bike. And so, um, it, it kind of came down to that also. Um, they let me know, I think it was after Southwick that, uh, I think that was round seven that after. Yeah. So that was round six actually. And they said, Hey, uh, Malcolm and Dean are planning on, uh, coming back to race after the, the break. Um, and so that was like, we had already discussed before that, that was kind of my deal was like, it's fully contingent on Dean and Malcolm's health. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, Thankfully, it, it turned into uh, eight races, and then I ended up being top ten in the championship, and um, which for me is is big. I mean, I haven't finished a 450 series yet, and so um, I mean, I just I want to finish the year, uh, whatever that looks like. But at the same time, like 
that they have other other obligations that they have to stick to. So, um, yeah, I I completely understand. Yeah, you have a really good attitude about it. I think, you know, with the way the Rocky Mountain deal went down, and then the now you know the the fill in ride at Husky and that going away with four to go. That would be it'd be very easy for that to put you in a negative headspace. Yeah. And honestly, I th- that's for me, that's where my faith plays a big part of it. Cause I mean, we're in scripture, we're taught that, that Christ never changes. And I think it's a, it's a perfect example that really whatever goes on around us, um, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting to race, I'm getting to meet new people. I'm getting to, uh, I mean, there, there's still so many opportunities out there that it's it doesn't really matter where I'm at. It's like I'm just I'm happy to be here and uh, I'm really thankful for it. Yeah, that's a great attitude to have and a, the, probably the best way to look at it and not easy for everybody. So, yeah, that's pretty fantastic yeah. that you're able to do that. Yep. Yeah. So Shane, what I kind of wanted to know what all factors went into the decision to join club was, was there other offers or is it just kind of, you know, the opportunity came at a time where you needed it or just kind of talk about what other factors that you went through in making this decision? Um, there, there wasn't really, really many factors. Um, it was, we had, uh, so one of my mentors, he had kind of started putting a chip in my ear um, before my time at Husky was done. And he was like, dude, I really think you need to finish outdoors. Um, whatever that looks like, he's like, I'll help you. Um, but I really think you need to think about that. And by the, by the time Washugal was over, I was, I was like, dude, I I'm ready to get to work. I want to finish outdoors and I want to, I want to finish strong. And so we literally, went straight to work and had some, some bikes lined up. Um, Chisholm was actually going to sell us his spare bike that he has on the, on the rock river semi. And we, we pretty much had everything lined up except wired the money. And I talked to Brandon, this was on the Friday, uh, after Washougal, I had a flight Saturday morning to go to California to get on the Yamaha and start riding. And I talked to Brandon late Thursday night and he had mentioned Phil got hurt. And so, um, we kind of spoke more in detail on Friday and it was like, okay, Brandon was like, yeah, I mean, we can, we can definitely put something together. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, let me, let me figure out my other sponsors um, and I will get back to you. And by the end of the day, Friday, uh, my manager had uh, spoken to some of my other sponsors and we, uh, we were able to move pretty quick and, and they were, they were really great about it. So, um, instead of flying to California on Saturday, I drove to South Carolina on Sunday <laughs> and started riding. That's that's yeah. a really cool thing that I hear from our sport a lot with the sponsors, especially when it's a guy like yourself or, or, or a privateer and they get an opportunity. Most of the sponsors are really good about going, hey, we know this is a good a good deal for you, and they let you out of whatever whatever obligation you might have had. They're they're pretty understanding. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the deal is like I like 
my sponsors, that was really how I was making money um, to race outdoors because I was just on a fill-in ride at, at Husky. So um, for me, it was like, okay, well, we, we have a little bit of income that we can put towards getting to the last four rounds. Um, but my mentor, he was, he was really stepping up and he was ready to, to, to buy the bikes and stuff. And I was just going to be on stock bikes. Um, but then, I mean, the way it worked out was like club had a spot here and, um, yeah, it's, it ended up working out perfect. Cause it was like, okay, well, um, we had already started doing a lot of work, but it was a quick transition to come here and get on the bike and, um, everything's done here at club MX. So, um, yeah, it, I've, I've had, uh, now three days on the bike and <laughs> we're about ready to go race. Plenty time, plenty time. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So, um, when I first heard this, the, the first thing I thought of was like, well, you know, the Yamaha would be good for him. Most of his success has come on a Yamaha. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to know if, do you feel, did you find comfort in going back to that platform? And, and what do you, what do you think about being back on the Yamaha? A hundred percent. Yeah, it, it was, um, not a very hard decision. Um, especially like you said, looking back throughout my career and, it's like since I've turned uh, or moved to the 450 class, it was like just struggling and getting hurt and just really getting beat down. And it's like, dude, I, I, I need to f- find some sort of familiarity and consistency here. And I mean, the Yamaha is uh, making a good showing right now. And especially in stock form. So it's like, okay, well, we, we don't have much of an option here um, to go and, and be competitive with, with minimal time and minimal work. And so it, it honestly wasn't too, too hard of a decision, um, but it ended up working out pretty good with the club deal because I'm not just on a stock bike anymore. Like right. we, I've got some, some good parts. So um, yeah, it, it was definitely, um, trying to figure out, okay, we, we need to, we need to put our best foot forward here. And, and this is what that step was that you, <clears throat> Scotty kind of talked about you being somewhat familiar with the platform of the Yamaha, but going mm-hmm. from three to three different OEMs in one season, does that something that you struggle with at all? Or are you pretty good at adjusting quickly? Um, I would say I'm, I've, I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, I mean, it's funny because the last, well, since 2019, getting off KTMs, I went to Yamaha, then I went to Honda, and back to KTM and Husqvarna, <laughs> right. and now Yamaha. So it's, it's uh, I, w- I would say I could be a, a pretty good uh, test rider and give feedback <laughs> on a lot of different brands. Yeah, maybe um, maybe you come to work for Vital when you when you yeah. retire and do shootouts. Take Michael Lindsay's yeah. spot. Yeah, it's uh, it honestly it's. I would say from bike to bike, it's an easy transition where it's really hard is that, that I would say that the next 10% of, of what it takes to race. Um, that's honestly the hardest part. And, um, I mean, honestly on the Husky, it took me, it took me four, four or five races before I actually felt like, okay, I'm, I'm actually learning this bike. So, um, getting on the, on the Yamaha, it's been, um, 
really familiar straight away. And it's like, okay, I can kind of look back at my notes and, and back when I was on, on the Yamaha before and Brandon here at club MX, he's really smart with the bike and just the kind of the experience that's here. It was, it was super easy. It's like, okay, let's, let's try this, this, this. And, um, last week I only rode two days and then I had quite a few days off, um, to, to kind of sit down and think about like, okay, we, we don't have a lot of time, but we need to make some big changes. And in what order do we make those changes? And yesterday I, I only rode the turn track yesterday, but it, it was like, it's, it's a pretty rough turn track, but we got a lot of those big changes out of the way yesterday on the turn track to where today I rode the main track and actually did a day of training because I'd eliminated all those variables. So, um, it's definitely a lot of work and I, we definitely have some, some more to go, but I think with the time that we've had, we've, we've honestly done really good with it. So I'm really excited about it. You, you mentioned looking at your notes. Do you, do you literally keep notes on the bikes you ride and setups and, and different things you change? Yeah. That's um, cool. I, uh, dude, I, I go back and watch races on YouTube. I, I know quite a bit of stuff and watch quite a bit of stuff. I s- study all these different guys and it's, um, yeah. I mean, we, my wife jokes that we, uh, as racers, we can remember a single rock on a single track on a single lap. Um, but we can't remember to, uh, I don't know, help, help, help our wives out around the house. Yeah. Or we can't, can't remember, um, uh, other stuff so whatever she asks you to do today you forget yes uh-huh. <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah that's yeah. typical that's typical guy stuff yeah. right there <laughs> yeah um yep. uh so does this go does this kind of turn into is this purely a fill-in ride or does this kind of turn into an opportunity for next year i mean we one of the of our listeners mentioned that uh Amart's gone, so that kind of opens up some doors. Is is you trying to turn this into an opportunity for next year, or is it purely just feeling at this point? Um, that's a good question. Uh, Brandon and I spoke a little bit about that. Um, we we've been working on some stuff for World Supercross, um, and just some potential opportunities there. And just outdoors has been like front and center because it's obviously kind of going on right now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon mentioned that Yamaha wants them to do a full-time 450 guy in-house for next year. Um, and I told him, well, I'd definitely love to talk to you about that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of disregarded a little bit right now because of, of outdoors, but yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see right now. I'm, I'm, uh, taking over the the new fill in spot. Um, and I'm kicking Nicoletti out. So he, uh, I'm, I'm taking his name. You better get rid of that, uh, black cloud yeah. that hangs over that position. <laughs> nah, I, I, I'm, I'm not superstitious. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the world supercross stuff. I'd heard rumors that you might be working on something with Rick Ware racing. Is that, are there no, no truth to that? Uh, we have been working on stuff with him and, okay. We also um, have been in discussions with other people, uh, a couple other teams too. 
um, it's, uh, we, we've had our, our plate full. Yeah. Sounds uh, like it. There's a lot of things going yeah. on in the industry right now with the announcement of the super yes. motocross Super motocross. Yeah. 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 I was joking. That sounds like a video game from 1990, it, you know, for, for Nintendo. Yeah. But there's a lot of cool yeah. things going on. I mean, a lot of different opportunities, things coming up and, you know, what are your overall thoughts on the world supercross, what they're trying to do with that? Um, honestly, I think, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Kind of, kind of going back to when they, when they first started doing the triple crowns, it's like, okay, well now, now we're seeing a little bit of change. I mean, it's a, a lot of the stuff we do is so repetitive that li- little changes in what we do gets us riders super excited because it's like, dude, we're, we're doing something different. Um, I know a lot of people have, have pushed to do supercross only here in the States. Um, uh, especially a lot of really good people like later in their career. It's like, dude, I, I don't want to keep doing outdoors. And, um, the, the OEMs are kind of looking for full-time guys. So it's, uh, I think it's definitely, uh, roughing some flood, some feathers, ruffling some feathers and stirring the pot a little bit because i think why well, I, th- I think the um the the talk and everything is speaking for itself and you, you kind of see the reactions of some people so um honestly I'm, I'm pretty excited about it i i love uh opposition and going against the grain yeah just because it, it keeps things exciting at times um so. With with the super motocross thing, there I guess the deal is two. There's three races later in the season. I think they're taking one away. It's still, it's only two more races, I believe, but three late yeah. in the season. And I was saying at the beginning of the show, like as a fan, yeah, I want to see races all year long. But as somebody Same. that's in the industry and becoming friends with some of you guys and and you know seeing how it all works, I I don't like it because I think. Anybody yeah. that races the outdoor and supercross season, they need that time. They need a week or two yeah. t- with their family because uh, you don't yeah. get that during the season. Like, what are your thoughts on them extending the the length of the series? Well, see, I, I think you nailed it on the head because I mean, just for for myself and and my wife and my family, it's like, dude, we we've literally been moving here moving there doing this doing that it's like we we literally don't get to do anything it's like my our whole life revolves around my racing and it i mean joy does a really good job at i mean she's she's in it a hundred percent but it's like there's times where she wants to just go somewhere for a week and i'm like look we 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 can't plan that far ahead because we don't know what's going on and so it's, I mean, I just, I want to celebrate our anniversary. It's like some of that stuff just doesn't, it, it sucks because it takes away so much from, from life. And I mean, dude, monster cup, I, I love that race, but well, I would say I've raced it twice. I loved racing it, but now it's like, dude, I love to watch it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't care to be out there, but I, I love watching it. And just like you, I, I love watching the racing, but it's like, there's already pushback on doing anything extra in our series, uh, e- either of our series now, 
And it's like, okay, we're, we're going to put on a couple extra, but we're going to throw in a lot of money. It's like, dude, where, where's all that money been for our other series? Like the last five years or something. That's, that's the part where it's like, dude, clearly this is the, the world supercross has ruffled some feathers and whether it's, it's really been being worked on for two years or what, I mean, who, who knows, but it's, uh, I think something has to change, especially in the, in the information age, um, things have to change. And it's, uh, I think we're coming up on that really quick and it'll be interesting to see, uh, really kind of, kind of what goes on. I agree. And like the point I was, I kind of, one of the points I made is, yeah, okay. They maybe they give you an extra week off in between supercross because right now I think there's only one weekend off maybe during supercross. I can't, or maybe two. But what, one weekend during Supercross. Okay, yeah. so let, let's say they give you another one. Well, you know, a guy like yourself, a guy like Eli Tomac, is not going to go. All right, well, that weekend we're going to go to the Bahamas. No, you're going to no. you're going to train. You're going to ride. Nothing changes. So yeah, it's just yeah, what you just said makes tons of sense. And yeah. I'm kind of against it, even though I'm a fan of the sport. I'm kind of against yeah. the Super Motocross. But go ahead, Scotty. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So you know, you had kind of mentioned this is Phil's ride. Have Have you had much? Uh, interaction with him I, when I picture it I just see him with like a stick in the sand like you're breaking here you need to break here <laughs> have you I just kind of wanted to know if you had much interaction with him um no I actually haven't seen him um it's probably because he's walking around with a fat lip from Palton <laughs> he, he's just so so upset yeah um poor guy no, I, I know I know he he had a, a big hit and um, just kind of physically and mentally with, with his arm and stuff. So, um, he, he doesn't live at club anymore. I think okay. he lives, uh, he, he lives somewhere around here. Um, but I don't exactly know where that is, but, um, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't been out here and I know he's, when I first got here, he was, he had just finished up surgery. So he was kind of recovering from that, but Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't really got to talk to him yet, but we're, we're, we used to train here together. Um, I mean, every, yeah, I, I would say we're, we're pretty good friends. That's cool. Last question I have for you is just your, I know your career is not over and I don't mean to say that it is, but when you look back on it just today, mm-hmm. where it's at, wh- like, how would you describe it? Just a, you know, a few words, like, what does it mean to you? Um, a little bit bittersweet. I, I definitely took a lot of things for granted the first couple of years. I would say, I would say 18, 19 and 20 were like, I was actually there and like all in and kind of like, you know what, this is really like starting to kind of understand the business and understand the training. And now I feel I've, I've definitely had a couple down years, but I feel like I'm the strongest that I've ever been. And I've just, I've had time to grow. I've had time to study and I've missed out on a lot of bike time, but that is, uh, that comes back with time. So, um, I'm, I'm excited about where, where we're at. And, um, I mean, that's, that's what Joy and I, uh, we pray all the time. Like we don't know 
what God has in store for us, but we trust in him and, um, we don't, we don't know what it looks like or where we're going or, um, but we're, we're content in that. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I would like to think I can race for, uh, another quite a few years, just like, I mean, Reed and Brayton and, um, I mean, some of the, some of the guys that I've, I grew up watching and now have been able to race against. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to think I could be one of those guys uh, down the road, but we will see. Uh, I actually do have one more question. We just wrapped up Loretta Lens. We have four uh, national champions coming on tonight from Loretta's. Uh, mm-hmm. You didn't win a championship that I, I'm aware of, but you got a bunch of seconds. You had some good races. Yep. What's your best memories of Loretta's? Um, honestly, my best memories there were just being, being there with my family. And that was, that was our vacation growing up is we would go, uh, I mean, Minios and Loretta's were the, the longer nationals and we would kind of turn them into vacations. We would always go down on like Wednesday before Loretta's and hang out, uh, for a few days before the race started. And, um, honestly just like, you get there and it's like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I can't believe we're here. And, and then you're like super sad to leave. Cause you're like, dude, this is, has, has came and, and went now. And it's just so crazy how the, the time, time goes. And so it's, uh, yeah, I, I would say just being there. Um, some of my best friends growing up, that's, that was our hangout. It's like, oh, dude, I get to go see my buddy yeah. I haven't seen in months and race against him and come off and go jump in the creek and ride around on golf carts. And it just, yeah, it, it was a good time. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us. Well, Shane, uh, congrats on the, the fill-in ride again. I'm glad you got something, you know, it's, it's not the, the, the Kyle Chisholm bike and doing it on your own. You'd have still been out there going and being successful, but having some help from a team like Club, man, that's that's hard to beat. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about yeah. it. It's a it, it's a good spot. Well, good for you. I look forward to seeing how it goes this weekend, and good luck at Unadilla. Yes, sir. Thank right, you, guys. Shane, thanks, thanks for buddy. Having me Take, on. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. Take care, man. Take care. No problem. Okay. See it. All right. Thanks to Shane McElrath for coming on. Um, anything before we go to commercial break, Scotty? Uh, I can tell you that I was I literally told him before we started recording I got to do this intro differently and then I didn't I was so I'm gonna have to re-record the intro. So you just did. <laughs> Yeah, I, gotta, I didn't even notice. Yeah, because I need to say, you know, part of Vital MX, and I oh. totally spaced. Yeah, well, just add it to your chores list later. Yeah, yeah I'll edit that before I put it up on Vital. But anyway, um, anything, though, before we go to break? Uh, no, just, uh, I love talking to him. He's, yeah. he's so well-rounded and down-to-earth and just got to this, – the sport needs more guys like that, and I just uh, – I, I wish all the best of, of success for him, and, I, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do on a Yamaha. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back with Avery Long. If you're like most racers, you've dreamed about riding a works bike with all the trick parts. Since 1989, Works Connection has been producing works like products for the general public. When Steve Lampson and Team Peak Split Fire Pro Circuit used Works Connection in 1990, they quickly gained a reputation for quality that the pros would use. Three decades later, the company is still known as the leader in quality, innovation, and customer satisfaction. The industry standard pro launch start device is used by many of the teams, such as Factory, HRC Honda, Star Yamaha, Hep Suzuki, and many more. 
Whole Shot Specialist Vince Freeze, as well as Jet Lawrence, Eli Tomac, and Chase Sexton all trust Works Connection to get them to the front. And don't forget, you can also get the Elite Clutch Perch, Radiator Braces, Engraved Master Cylinder Covers, and much more at WorksConnection.com. Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save at checkout. Works Connection, the choice of champions. Hey, in case you didn't know, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made right here in the U.S. of A. Racetech also offers state-of-the-art precision engine services and parts to all engine builders. The staff has over 65 years of championship winning experience. It's so good that many of the top privateer teams such as SGB Honda, Team Solitaire Nuclear Blast Yamaha, and Motul AJE Gas Gas, as well as Jerry Robin, Kevin Morans, and many more, choose Racetech for their superior performance, reliability, and their customer service. Hey guys, what's up? My name's Kate Clayson, and I choose Racetech because I love their desire to strive for perfection. I think we all know that perfection isn't possible, but getting to perfection is always the goal, and I think that is something that both myself and Racetech have always worked towards, and I think they can help you get there too. Hey guys, this is Alex Ray. I use Racetech components in my SGD suspension and also the Racetech engine. The reason I like it is just because uh, the engine's super reliable, tons of torque, and also on the suspension side, it just gives it that flush, nice feeling. Hey, it's your boys around Team Solitaire. If you don't run Racetech, here's what you do. Put your hands behind your back and run your face into a f***ing wall. Racetech.com. What's up, guys? This is Kevin Morans, and I choose Racetech because of their convenience of having Racetech centers all around the United States. Obviously, within my Decker Performance Suspension, works really well. They're very high-quality performance products. Definitely check them out. Hey, guys, this is Jerry Robin, uh, and I choose Racetech because of the reliable motors, good power, good suspension, and obviously it's great people around, and I've uh, been there for a long time, and they're awesome. Visit Racetech.com and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. When choosing goggles, we all know you have a lot of choices. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the preferred goggles for many of the top privateers, including Kyle Chisholm, Ryan Brees, Ben LeMay, and top GNCC riders like Craig DeLong. X-Brand is the result of years of knowledge from former Honda HRC test rider Rich Taylor and his dad, Hook Taylor. Whether you're leading the pack or getting blasted with roost, X-Brand can stand up to the abuse. You can visit eksbrand.com to see all X-Brand offers. From the unparalleled Lucid Extreme Definition Optics Goggle with the Wave Latch Quick Release Lens System and 4-Layer Factory Foam to the EKSS and the Flat Out Series, you will find a goggle to meet your needs at a price point you'll love. Check your local dealership for X-Brand goggles distributed through WPS. If you want comfort, style, and performance as well as hashtag clear vision, then you want X-Brand. Choose X-Brand because we said so. And we're hot. What's up, guys? We're back with the Moto X Pod Show, and this is Dark Side for Vital MX. Tonight, what we have, or for this feature article, we've got the 2022 Blue Crew Amateur Rider of the Year, 2022 AMA Amateur Racer of the Year, and the champion in the 450B and 450B Limited class at Loretta Lens, Mr. Avery Long. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to to meet you for the first time, even though it's not face-to-face. But uh, Michael Lindsay and Chris Riesenberg, checkers at Racetech, have 
such high high praise for you. I just couldn't say no to having you on. That's awesome. They're both great dudes. Yeah, Checkers talked to me last night for probably or yesterday for probably a half hour about how much he loves your family and how you, he he thinks you're the best best kid in the pits. Like just personality wise, as a as a human being, he was a huge huge fan. That's awesome. I love Checkers. He's he's such a great person to have a conversation with, and uh, yeah, just kind of sit sit down and chat about moto and yeah everything. Well, let's get a little background on you. You're from Minnesota, correct? Yes, sir. So you uh, and you know Clay Olson with PDR. I think he helps you out quite a bit in the past. Yeah, Clay Clay's pretty much family with me by now. Yeah, he uh, he did my suspension. I just got forks back for a, a YZ250 that he did, and they're they're pretty or forks in a shock. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. All right, let's talk about Loretta's man. I mean, going into this thing, were did you think like you were going to be the guy coming away with two championships? Uh. To be honest, I kind of went in there um, kind of thinking that I could I could do pretty good, um, knowing that I could, you know, podium every moto. Um, but, yeah, to walk away with two titles and uh, four moto wins was something, you know, I pretty much dreamed of since my first week or my first time to the ranch on 65, you know. Yeah, so did you what you said podiums is what you thought you could do, but was that pretty much your expectations is just consistently get on podiums and see how it worked out? Yeah, um I knew when you go down there you kind of you got to be consistent. Um, you know, it's Loretta's, everybody has bad luck, you know. Um yeah, but yeah, my uh my bad luck this year was happened first moto, I went down uh first lap for 10 commandments and uh yeah, came from 30th to second to pretty much save my championship uh, hopes, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, so that worked out. And, yeah, so I came away with a title in that class. So that saved my butt a lot. When you're coming from 30th to second, do you realize how many guys you're passing at that point? Or do you just kind of – you don't really know where you finished until it's over or maybe somebody had a pit board, but – like when you were passing that many people, you kind of get in a zone and don't necessarily know exactly how many you got. Oh uh, yeah. I knew, uh, you know, first few laps I made a bunch of passes and then, uh, I think by the third lap I was already in like sixth or seventh oh, Wow! and I hadn't even seen halfway yet. And I was like, all right, I got, I got more. I just got to keep digging and, uh, just kept digging and digging and, uh, came up to second, I think on lap seven or something like that. And then, yeah, once I got into second, I just kind of settled from there and rode her home. But yeah, it was definitely, uh, probably one of my best motos of the week by far. That's cool. Before we get back into the, I want to, I should have talked about this first. So you live in Minnesota and my understanding talking to checkers is that during the winter months, a lot of the times in your youth, you just didn't go race anywhere. And yeah, I mean, go ahead and tell, tell us like much, how that worked uh, out. I pretty much took from, I'd say, probably the end of October, middle of middle to end of October, till about April. I pro- pretty much took off all winter riding. Um, I played basketball uh, with all my friends in the wintertime um, on the high school team and stuff like that just trying to stay shape and stay in shape and still have some fun. 
and uh yeah i pretty much started riding um the beginning of april when my school went uh let us out for spring break so my dad would take uh me and my two little brothers down to uh like oklahoma texas area and we'd ride down there for the week and that pretty much uh kickstart our season yeah and then at some point my understanding was your dad or somebody helped you with some bikes and that what made it where your dad could maybe have a little extra money to send you to go train down south and, and that that's been in the last couple of years right where you did get to go down in the winter time and ride yep so uh actually michael helped me out um michael Lindsay. The, yes michael Lindsay helped me out the end of the 2020 year and then through the 2021 which uh being on his team allowed me to get out and be in california and right out there and kind of ride all winter. So being able to do that was definitely an eye opener to kind of what I was missing out on as a kid and, uh, how many, how much more hours I put on the bike was crazy over just that those winter months. Yeah. That's what I was interested in hearing is how much of a difference did you see once you realize the extra work that needs to be put in and like how that transition went. And once you realize, you know, putting those hours in what the difference could be made. Yeah, it it was definitely crazy. Um, just the, the comfort I felt with my bike, you know, there was a few years going into Loretta's where I had only had 40 hours on a, on a bike, um, going into Loretta's where, you know, I put 40 hours on in a month and a half. So (laughs) it was absolutely crazy to just kind of feel the difference in seat time and just kind of be more one with my bike. Yeah, and you see the difference with the uh, two championships. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so um, what I've noticed watching the Reds this year was that a lot of the kids with a lot of hype were doing the 250s mostly, especially in the B class. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to know what all went into your decision to, to, to do the 450 class. I know you're bigger kids, so maybe size or the opportunity in that class. Just kind of talk about what made you decide to stick strictly 450. Uh, yeah. Um, well, one was I signed with the NSA Rock River team um, in uh, the in May, and um, they were kind of looking for a 450 guy. And um, so after Freestone, they kind of Donnie Loose kind of seen something in me, and uh, so they signed me. And um, yeah, so they pretty much were uh, looking for someone that knew that, you know, could do good in the 450s. And um, also another reason was to kind of put my name out there, knowing that, uh, you know, I had a great chance of doing really good in them. So it was kind of more of a way to get my name out rather than, you know, doing the 250 classes and, you know, maybe getting overlooked a little bit, uh, you could say. But, Yeah. yeah, it was a great way to get my name out and, I feel like I did exactly that. We're talking to Avery Long right now, brought to you tonight by Racetech. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket suspension modification company. All Racetech products include award-winning goal valves and settings are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Visit Racetech.com for more info and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Yeah, so speaking of you know being in the B class, do you what are your goals moving forward? Will you move into the A class at some time soon? Uh, you know, what do you, do you have any 
team teams reaching out. You know, you're with Rock River, right? That's what you said. Yep, I'm with so, the NSA Rock yeah. River team. Okay, um, but I'm not really sure what uh, my plans are. Kind of going forward, I'd love to go A, um, but I got uh, the Ironman Combine yep. coming up, so I get to hop on a 250 again and kind of go out there and show everybody that you know I'm not just a 450 guy. That, yeah, that's that's not uh, not easy in that class, but with what we saw this week, yeah, I have I have full faith you're capable. Thank you, sir. Coming in under the radar a little bit, did did that feel like there was less pressure than what you would imagine some of the other kids, like a Ryder D or a Chance or you know those guys? Do you feel like you feel like coming in under the radar was beneficial to you? Uh yeah, for sure. Um, I knew that I'd put in the work kind of going in and, uh, that I was as prepared as I was going to be. And, um, so yeah, just kind of, I was just kind of prepared for whatever happened, happened. And yeah, I was blessed to come out with two titles. Yeah. Talking to checkers, he talked about your riding style. He felt like it was pretty unique for an amateur rider that you, you stand a lot. And he said, you ride like a pro, um, a lot of momentum through the corners, what do you credit that to? Is that something that you feel like just came, comes naturally to you, or did it come from training? I know you've been training at Real Deal a little bit. Where did that technique come from? Um, you know, I'd say a little bit came naturally, but um, a lot of it, I'd say, would be uh, credit to Rob and K-Dub at Real Deal. Um, they both, uh, both kind of preach the same thing. Um, Rob really preaches the kind of ride the bike with your lower body and i feel like uh i'm getting a lot better than that um i when i before i even started training i pretty much had to put my foot out in every corner and now just to feel comfortable with going through any corner i want with my feet on the pegs is huge and i feel like that helped me uh accelerate my riding a ton yeah if you could get that down like i'm very i have very little talent on a motorcycle so when I was out in California a couple of weeks ago, that was one of the drills that Michael had me doing. Is like keep your feet on the pegs, you know, ride three laps with your feet on the pegs, you know, ride ride three laps with no rear brake and no clutch, like trying to build those uh, the technique, which yep. I, I don't have. So yeah, seeing you do that, it's pretty impressive, man. Thank you. And so you kind of you kind of talked about this a little bit, but now that you have the success that you got at the Redis. What are some of the things that you want to make sure that you do to get the most out of the opportunities that are going to come from that success? Um, probably just work my hardest. Um, show everybody that, you know, it wasn't really just a kind of a fluke thing and that, uh, you know, maybe that I didn't go up against the steepest competition, but, you know, I can do the same thing against some of that competition um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just gonna work my hardest and, uh, yeah, kind of see where, see where it goes from here. Do you feel like you need to prove something at the combine? Yes. I feel like, um, if I could do really good at the combine on a 250, I feel like, uh, a lot more people would look my way. Yeah. And I, I assume that's what you want to do for a career, right? You want to go pro. Yes, sir. Who do you who do you look up to right now? Is there anybody that you that's in the series right now? Dunge. 
Well, I mean, is there anybody that's in the series right now that you kind of like, I would like to be, to have that career or have that style or anything like that? Um, to have Dungy's career would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> sure. Um, he's always kind of, I've always looked up to him since I was, you know, a little guy. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of been my, my idol since, since day one, pretty much. Yeah. He's all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to do when you're not doing moto? What do you do? What do you like? What's your hobby to maybe take your mind off the sport for a little bit? Um, I like golfing. I also, uh, yes. when I'm home, kind of in the, the fall, winter months a little bit, I love to uh, hunt and fish. Um, just kind of spend time with my family and just kind of do some things that I'm not able to do all the time Yeah, due to training and stuff like that. Scotty, this is a story I'll tell you so that I don't totally maybe embarrass him, but Checkers was telling me at the end of the week at Loretta's, you know, he's leaving or whatever, and the the Team Yamaha, his, his team's over there tearing down the tent, mm-hmm. and all the riders are gone pretty much. All the, you know, the, you know, Ryder D and Deegan, those guys aren't there tearing down the tent, but Avery's, his family stayed back, stayed and helped tear down the tent when, you know, he could have just left. It kind of shows you what kind of kid he is, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that showing, from what I've heard uh on the show, on the show last night and everything is that yeah they were talking about you on pulp last night yeah that you're very humble and I think that the sport needs that absolutely so I I think it's cool that to see those values that you guys have yeah thank you I, my dad uh, always taught me you know growing up that you know always offer a helping hand um, everybody could use a hand and you know if they don't the worst they can say is no so right. that's kind of that's kind of what I've been living off of yeah did you have no ego whatsoever. <laughs> I like it. I don't. I don't ever really want to leave Texas, and I'm definitely not a big cold fan. But yeah. at, from what I, every time I've talked to somebody from Minnesota, y'all just seem like the coolest, down to earth people. I don't. I don't see why Minnesota would be somewhere I would not want to go. They call us Minnesota nice for a reason, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I was up there for Millville, and a, a, fa- a husband and wife that I met just a few at Minneapolis Supercross. Basically, they they allowed me to stay at their house drive from their house to the race. I gave me a place to stay. And then they decided to stay the night at the track and camp out for the Sunday race mm-hmm. for the amateur race. And they're like, yeah, just go back to our house. It's open. Stay there. Like, yeah, so nice. Like that. It was insane. They're, they're just good people. But what I did not like is from Millville back to Minneapolis, there's nothing. Everything closes at like seven o'clock at night. It's, it's like 1950 in the middle of the, like the the forest or something. There's just nothing going on. Yeah, it's it's pretty outdated out in that area. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I needed fuel and I needed food, and there was nothing open. Oh, <laughs> uh, so what is? Well, you don't really know what is going to happen with um, team wise or whatever. But what about other amateur nationals? Are you going to do any more throughout the the year? What What are your race goals throughout the season? The rest of 2022. Oh uh, yeah, um, like I said, I got the the combine coming up, yeah, and then um, after that, I got to do Baja Brawl. Okay, um, I plan on doing Ponca, uh, Minios for sure, and uh, yeah, just kind of keeping the ball rolling All going the into them, and yeah, kind of yeah. hoping for good results. I like it. I like it. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about yourself that we need to know that maybe I didn't think to ask? Um. 
I don't really think so, to be honest. <laughs> How comfortable are you doing? Are you doing these interviews? Um, I don't know. I'm just a small town Minnesota boy, so I don't really get PR like this very often. So I'm a, I'm definitely a little nervous, but <laughs> you know, I'm getting over it. Well, we're we're kind of small time. We're we're getting we're getting bigger, but uh, yeah, at some point, if you keep winning races like that, you're going to be doing a lot of these. So you better start getting comfortable. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, Avery, man, it's really cool getting a chance to talk to you a little bit, get to know you a little bit, and I hope to see you continue to kick some butt, man. It's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm officially a fan after knowing just. If Checker says you're good people, you're good people. And now after talking to you, it's obvious you are. So I'm a fan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Avery, take care, man. Great talking to you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. Avery Long. Yeah, man. Like, he didn't sound like a, a typical kid his age, right? He's just, like, not like a punk kid or, yeah. you know, like, stuck up or anything. Just really yeah. cool. Really and, intelligent. Well, well, uh well raised yeah we're and i feel like we're seeing a lot more and more of that and i'm kind of glad to see that a lot of that success is coming to the kids that have that good background and that good uh, mindset and that people that just come in and throw a bunch of money at it aren't always getting getting all the spotlight and that getting all the credit when guys like him are what makes the you know the backbone of the sport people that are like like he's like they were saying like you know all the things that they sacrificed to get there and like I'm glad to see hardworking kids like that are the ones getting these opportunities. That's cool. I agree. Uh, okay, what are your predictions for Unadilla? Who's who uh give me your top three in each class. I'm sorry, you, I was reading the chats. I didn't miss the I missed the question. Give me your top three for Unadilla. We got a few minutes before we get Kate on, so I want to get your top three four fifty class. For Unadilla for four fifty and two fifty. Uh well I mean Sexton and Tomac don't know which which order. You can't give me an order. I think that the Sexton will come back firing, and I I don't know if he'll go one one, but wins the overall though. Yeah, I think he wins the overall. Uh, Tomac. Then I guess that puts Tomac second, and then uh, I'm going to put. I don't know. I want to say Anderson, but I don't know how well Unadilla will really suit him. Um, I I will say somebody that I feel. I need to see more of that. I thought we that would kind of be that third place guy was Barsha. I haven't real, don't feel like we've he's seen been him. off. He has been off. Um, I know he's gone through some things. I'd like to see him there, especially you know New York's his home race. Um, I know he does well at Unadilla. He's had a lot of success there. So maybe uh, maybe Barsha, and then if not him, maybe one of these uh, one of the guys coming back like Ferrandis or Mookie or I don't I don't know if Mookie. Will be top three, but yeah, I, I I'd say more likely Dylan. Yeah, if if you're gonna have to if if you want to pick one of the guys that's coming back, Dylan would probably be the highest pick. Um, Two fifty class. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, it's kind of the same thing that it has been. I don't maybe maybe he doesn't go one one, but somehow Jet finds a way to win the overall again. Um, I don't think that there's anybody that's really running with what um, Shimoda. Uh, and the Lawrence brothers are doing right now, they kind of seem to be the class of the field. Do we see more of Justin Cooper? That's another guy that's his hometown track. So uh, potential is there for him. Uh, but I'm going to go Jet, Hunter. You know, let's throw Jay Coop in third overall. Okay. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go Sexton, Eli, 
and I'm going to go Dylan. I got to. <laughs> got to stick with it. I mean, I'm not going to pick him to win, but yeah, I go Sexton, Eli, Dylan, and 250. Um, man, He's, I guess I got to go Jet, Jacob, Hunter. Okay, I mean, Dylan's not going to come back. Not ready to go. Like, well, his thumb was still bothering him a month ago, three weeks ago. So, well, that was three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, three weeks. He's not going to be out there if he doesn't think that he can be up there. That's all I'm saying. Like, what? what, What's the point of? I mean, just to run the number one. I. I mean, they're not going to just bring him back just to, just to do that if that's not going to do anything for the team. You may be right. We're going to find out. Yeah, I guess I, so I, one I, way I'm to find out. I mean, it, it is a very Euro GP style track, so uh, that gives him a benefit, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just glad that the racing's back. And I, I'm dude, this. I mean, when's the last time that we're what what, what is this round nine? When's the last time that we're round nine with five points between the 450 guys? You know, I mean, that's that has happened it's a long time. It's been a good time. season. It's been so, exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate that. The hardest season it's been to watch the outdoors has been arguably one of the best seasons <laughs> that we've had. Not, yeah, not great for the sport. Yeah, but. I find I found it funny, and, and they kind of explained it last night, or Marks did, but like the fact that we got a full week of Loretta's, no problem. Yeah, I know yeah. they can just stream stream yeah. right along, no big deal. Which you know, Marks just mentioned, you know, they, they just go straight to they go straight to YouTube. They don't have to have servers. Well, then why don't just watch the net then MX Sports. Stream it straight to YouTube then. Yes, I don't know. Something's going to happen. It wasn't that. It worked pretty well. You know, I mean, yeah, they had like 120 hours of streaming. No issues. Like had a couple little issues, but the whole time I watched it, it never, it never did anything. I feel like there was a couple times it messed up. But then we just get Weege and Kevin Kelly to announce and. I mean, there's some news that I want to talk about, but I don't think it's official yet. But I'm I, sure I don't know it anyway. No, so. you damn sure won't. You, yeah. there, there was something we talked about earlier, and you're like, oh, I don't remember what it was. You didn't know anything about it. What was it? I don't remember. Let's see if it was in my notes. I don't remember. There was something you didn't know anything about. I don't remember. <laughs> I, who knows? I mean, you don't pay any attention to our sport. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah just a guy just, in a chair. You just show up here and try to earn, earn your get a free paycheck and don't know Yeah, anything. earn my free, yeah. Earn my yeah, free paycheck. Free paycheck. Yeah. Um, okay, let's take uh, another commercial break, and we will be back with Kay Johnson. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Only an idiot would not rush down to their local WPS dealer to check out the complete line of 2022 Fly Racing products. So if you don't want to be an idiot... Stop acting like an idiot. <laughs> You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Then rush down right now. Of course, obey the speed limits. The need to get your hands on a Formula helmet will not get you out of a ticket. Once you get there, ask to see everything Fly Racing offers. From the Evolution DST to the light race wear to the kinetic lines, they have a gear line to fit your needs. Fly Racing has been developing and innovating its gear line since 1998. Just ask current riders Zach Osborne, RJ Hampshire, Carson Mumford, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. Don't forget about their women's and youth lines and the all-new Zone Pro goggle worn by Justin Brayton, Shane McElrath, Max Anstey, and Joey Sabachi. Again, visit your local shop and support your WPS rep today. Check out flyracing.com for all they offer. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. 
Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, build performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of shock socks today. All right. Our next guest of the night is brought to you by Cherubies USA. For decades, the Cherubies USA has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. For products that fit perfect, look great, and last, the Cherubies has what you need. Whether it's full plastic kits, individual pieces, hand guards, chain guides, and sliders, or anything else they offer, visit acherubiesusa.com and support our title sponsor, Tonight at Cherubies USA brings us another Loretta Lynch champion, Scotty. He is the mini senior two, 13 to 15-year-old champion, Kate Johnson. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. Just living life. Yeah, dude. It's, I don't know if you remember. You came on the show, and it's probably been a couple of years now. But uh, I was here, so it's within the last oh, you two were, years. Okay, you yeah. were here. All right. So, Kate, how many podcasts have you done uh, in your lifetime? Um. I don't know exactly because some things you might not consider a podcast. Yeah, a podcast, but uh, uh, I would say probably about three. So yeah, three, four, maybe. Do you like doing interviews and stuff like this? Is it cool? Yeah, I love doing interviews. Um, <laughs> it's entertaining for me, and uh, I love it. Well, look, like I said, you're the mini senior two champion, thirteen to fifteen year old. You went one one five at Loretta's. Give us a little rundown on your week. Uh, it obviously it went well, but what what are your memories from it? What are your takeaways? Um, so in the first moto, I was like thirty fifth on the start, and I was just clicking people away. Um, I knew I was uh, I knew I was the fastest in the um. So I, I just, I just kept going because I knew that track would kind of suit me pretty well. So I just kept going through the pack and, uh, I eventually I saw like three people in front of me and I thought, uh, the leader was gonna, um, and I thought whenever I passed that group, I'd be in lead, but I passed that group and I ended up in second. The leader was like gone. So I ended up second in that moto and the second moto, I got out like 15th place start and then I just passed everyone and got to lead. And the last moto, um, I, on the first lap, I, uh, I, my hand, my hands fell off my handlebars and I went over the bars going over a berm because I missed my brakes. And, uh, I was in like 41st and I came all the way back to fifth to, uh, clinch the title. Was, uh, was there a lot of panic when you went over the berm? Um, not necessarily. I was kind of thinking, um, I was kind of just like, I need to win this. I, I, I really need to win this. And I just it focused on myself the first like half a lap. I was kind of all over the place after I got up. So I was like, I need to go. I need to go. But I just kind of took three deep breaths and <laughs> started clicking people off. 
Yeah, you you seem very mature for your age then uh, to be able to keep that level head and not kind of spike your heart rate and just panic. That's not normal for a kid your age, I don't think. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of experience of uh, of in a situation like that, and I let the emotions get to me, or uh, or, or just having to go super hard. So I've kind of learned from experience about it, learned the hard way. But um, at the end of the day, I have learned it. So uh, in, in those times, you have to you have to attack, but you have to be smooth while you attack. So um, it's just. Yeah, it's just like that. That's pretty impressive from your kid, kid your age that you're even learning lessons. You know, most, again, your age, you just, I, I'm being, I guess I'm maybe being judgmental or not. That's not the right word. But, you know, you're just thinking a kid your age that is even actually learning these lessons and, and taking them and then applying them. That's really impressive also. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I try to do what I can to win. And if I get off the moto and I can tell what I did wrong and then I focus on, um, fixing that for um, either training or for the next race. Um, that that's one less mistake that I'll make, and uh, one less problem that I have to be focused on, and one less uh, obstacle in my path for the pros. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, man. It was. I was. I didn't realize that you had an issue in that last moto and went off the track. I was. I was watching your races, and uh, I. I was like, oh man, he's 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 gonna have to go, and. Uh, and so, was there like pit boards telling you what place you had to get to? Because when, when we were watching it live on uh, Racer TV, they they were kind of doing the math, and one kid would get a spot, and then you'd get a spot, and it was kind of going back and forth. There was a lot of there was definitely a lot of drama in that one. Did you know a certain place that you had to get to? Um. Yes. Yeah, so I did the uh, calculations and all that before the motos. I was saying pretty good. So um, all I had to get was fourth or better if the second place kid won. Um, at the end of the day, he didn't win, but so he got second, so I was able to get fifth. But um, wh- whenever I went down and I was just going through the first two laps it, on the board, on the screen, my dad couldn't even see what place he, I was in. So he was just guessing. And I, <laughs> on the first lap, I was in 29th, and he put 22nd. And I was like, oh, yeah, but it turned out I wasn't that far up yet. Oh, but, um, but we, we, yeah, he kind of – I mean, in, in some, some of those laps, I missed the pit board. I was – honestly, I was just – next pass the next person as fast as i can and and i'm going and, I, and i'm pushing it until i get into the lead i'm not gonna uh, I, I was kind of in that situation if i unless i'm in the lead i'm not gonna really slow down because in case something else happens to me but i ended up getting to fifth because the first four were just were together and they were battling and they were gone so yeah um so i, I was kind of unfortunate on that but uh yeah but no i didn't really know my placement i was just kind of going so your Instagram says 58 AMA MX championships. Is that before this last week or is that total what you have? Cause either way, it's a ton. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. that, my, my mom updates that. So I don't know. Those are, those are, um, just like national races, yeah. like, uh, Daytona, Freestone, uh, J seven spring, um, what's going call it? Uh, Minios, Baja Brawl, all those big races, those are just from those, and I've accumulated them since, like, 2017 mainly. There's probably a few that we don't have that we're not counting for, because when I was younger, we didn't realize how important they were, Hmm. but, uh, but yeah. So let me ask you, you you obviously are a very talented kid. You're riding for the uh, Yamaha NSA Rock River team. We just had Avery Long on, who also rides for that team. There's got to be starting to be a lot of 
maybe interest or hype from the industry on your talent and trying to point you in the right direction or what they think is the right direction? Do you feel any of that from Yamaha or from anybody, you know, to that they're trying to put pressure on you or anything like that? Uh, not necessarily put pressure on me, but there, there, um, there's a ton of inputs from a whole bunch of different people trying to point me in um, certain directions that they think is the best. If that's bike or uh, bike size or where I should train or just yeah. anything, um, everyone puts their input on it and where I should uh, go as I get a little bit older. Now that things are getting a little bit more serious now, and uh, so there's there's a lot of people putting a lot of input in that. Does that, for you, does that take any of the fun out of it? Does it make it a little more of a job? Or are you able to still separate and say, hey, man, I'm still having fun riding my dirt bike? Yeah. Um, so for a lot of people, it kind of it makes it more of a job. But yeah. for me, it's not, not not so much. And it's not necessarily I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm still able to ride my dirt bike. It's, it's, I love the training. I love putting in 20s. I love uh, working out with my uh, – I love working out with my friends. I love, I love just seeing progress and getting stronger. And, uh, I, I, and also I take some breaks after races. So if I train really hard, for example, now I, uh, I trained really hard for before Loretta's, I wasn't at my home for like a month or in, a little bit over a month. I wasn't able to hang out with my, any of my friends. I was just training. And after Loretta's, I'm going to take like two weeks off. So, um, uh, and so I, to keep it kind of fresh, but for the most part, I don't really get, uh, I, I'm pretty fresh and, um, and I, I'm I'm loving training. That's cool. So I, it seemed like y'all's strategy was I I, I noticed that you you to race this uh, the though I can't even talk the the class the, that you the won mini senior two mini senior two yeah and then there was and there's so many of those classes it kind of gets yeah. confusing but then I also saw that you were on the super mini which is obviously the big wheel bike a little more power was y'all's kind of expectations to you know to do one class where you know that's the the, the goal is obviously to win and then do another class where you kind of learn from. And then what did you learn from the, the bigger class? Yeah. So that, that whole situation was kind of a jamble of what we were going to do. We were considering doing two ceremonies or two eighty fives, and we couldn't quite decide. So we decided to do both of them, but it was, I mean, it was, it was, uh, like you said, it was the main senior class uh, at the end of the day, once we decided the classes, main senior class was really to focus on winning and swimming class was to um, just uh, have fun, um, get a feel of the swimming because I didn't get to ride it a ton, and uh, and just learn and ride with those bigger kids because um, I love riding with kids who are faster than me. It just makes it improves my uh, game and it just makes me a lot um, a, a lot. It makes me feel a lot better and, fa- and faster. And I learned a lot. I learned um, uh, how to be more aggressive in a lot of places and how to, uh, the line choice and just overall what, what, um, the Sumini class would, uh, what, uh, a lot of tricks from the Sumini class that the 85 class doesn't have. When you, are there any kids that you race with consistently that are like your buddies? Um, I think all of them. Um, there's, there, there's really only like every kid on the line that I line against, I'm, either friends with or really good friends with there's only like one or two people that mean them just don't really mesh but um like for uh or there's like about two people that we don't mesh and like two people that i don't know okay but about 38 uh, 38 of those riders on the 42 person gate 
I'm really good friends with. And, um, and once, once the helmets go on and we race, everyone knows that everyone's for themselves and it's no team. And then once we get off the track, we're all friends again. So, um, yeah, most, most of the people are, uh, are, are my friends. Yeah. I bring this up because I'm one of those guys. I don't like the drama in the racing so much. I, I, I kind of wish like, well, why can't everybody just get along? So, I've, I've known Ryder D for six years, seven years, you know, and he was little and he was friends with like Jet Reynolds, obviously, and he's friends with Chance Hymas. And I always like to ask, like, how do you maintain that friendship as the pressures build, as it gets more serious, as it fun- eventually becomes a job and like try to maintain a friendship off the track? Because I think that's, a, I think that's awesome. Like, I remember back in the day, like watching Travis Pastrana go race and maybe he wouldn't win, but he'd be like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so won and he was riding so awesome and he's so good. I like, I love that versus Mm -hmm. I'm mad at this guy because he beat me or he ran me, you know, ran me wide. I love the fact that maybe you can keep a friendship with a bunch of these guys and still battle and still bump elbows. And I, I think that's important to me. That's way more fun to go race with your friends than race with your enemies. For sure, for sure. Um, sometimes, though, it, 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 the only problem with that sometimes is whenever you're racing, you somewhat like that slight hesitation of not running your friend high. But at the end of the day, Good what point. you need to do is see yourself and go out there. And no matter what, if you see that uh, number or the name on that back of the jersey and, he, and, you, and your brain registers as, as friend, you got to register it as enemy on the track. And <laughs> sometimes that's hard, but. Um, uh, for the most part, you can, it's pretty good. And sometimes I can see how some people, um, can't really do that because yeah. once, once the, like you said, once the, it becomes a job and it's for money, people don't even want to be friends with you. Cause they're like, I'd rather have money than friends. So, uh, um, but that's only a few people. So we, we were talking about your maturity and then I, I know that you have been one of the few kids that's at the level that you are that has decided to stay in school and now that you're i guess you're going into what eighth grade now well i'm uh, ninth grade ninth grade so now that you're Freshman. gonna and now that you're doing high school does that plan change or do y'all plan on doing the entire high school as as you have been actually going to school so actually i homeschooled for eighth grade okay um but we we were talking we don't know for sure we, we we're kind of um, talking about it right now, we we don't really know what we're going to do, if we're going to stay back out or if we can go in because freshman year is a pretty important year because you're learning everything together with other people um, in high school together. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're not quite sure. But um, we probably if we do go back to school, we probably will uh, get out like at the end of high school and then um, hopefully go pro. So, yeah. All right, mom, if you're listening, plug your ears for just a second. Cade, if you don't go to high school, it's hard to pick up chicks, man. All the chicks are at school. Oh no, there, there's 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 plenty of uh, chicks in motocross. Um, I got Cade in the hot. Uh, I got I got plenty. I got enough. I went to school. Oh, oh, oh. I, I went to school in high this school. Is my new Lin- favorite kid, Ryder yeah. D. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> Cade's my guy. Cade, I went to school in Lindale. You're not missing much, buddy. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you do yeah. most of your training? Um, so, uh, most of the time I ride at Quick Motor Ranch. Um, it's, it's the same, um, property that they have this ring ding race on. Yep. But, um, but this summer I went to MTF with Colin Millsaps and little Brian 
And, um, yeah, so I mainly train at Quicks, but the, for like one month this summer, I went to MTF. Scott, is that where Doc was riding? Doc Smith? The Quicks? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Regal, it's Regal's track. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's where Doc... Uh, it was kind of funny to see, like, the top five in that mini senior two class, you were like all Quicks moto guys. Like, yeah, there was a kid from and, Athens. Yeah, yeah. Deke, yeah, Deco, or whatever is, however you say his name is, Denon. Uh, yeah, there, there was, was, there there was, was a lot Deacon of Deno, there yep. was uh, Justin Turner, and then there was me. Yeah, there's a yeah. bunch of Texas kids. I saw that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Do you still, does Sean Hackley still help you out? Senior. Yep, Sean Hackley, uh, okay. senior, is yep. my oh, he's mechanic. Re- yep. And then Sean Hackley, Jr., I train with him a little bit once in a while. Okay. So, yep. Sean's good people. What's something What's something that Sean taught you? Anything that stands out? Um. I, I don't know if I should be uh, leaking the secrets here, but, oh. uh, but, but one of the um, uh, main things that really helped me that's actually pretty simple is just learning to find and help him helping me see like lines that not normally I would see or average rider would see just like f- flowing like a um, like a river, like whenever water comes down, it goes to wherever it th- is the lowest point. And it just um, and so kind of just flow like a river through the track. Um, and just f- finding the best, um, lines to do and, uh, yeah, main uh, line choice. Yeah. That showed to, in your racing. You did, you did make a lot of outside passes. So that definitely, that definitely, uh, showed. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, Loretta's especially, I found a lot of, um, creative lines and, um, outsides and sides cut across, um, I felt like at Loretta's, I had some pretty solid line choices. Uh, you're about to say something. Oh, well, I was going to one final question, but if you got something, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I, it looked like you're kind of transitioning to the super mini. That'll probably be what you race the next coming rounds of, you know, of, uh, of minios and then all that stuff again, will probably be this year on super minis. But when do you, when do you want to start riding a two fifty, and when do you kind of see that happening? Or a one twenty five. So actually, um, we're kind of on the fence right now about if we should go super mini or go 125 right away. Right. So we might we might do like one race on a super mini, but we're considering doing 125 for mini O's. So uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, 125 for probably this year, next year, and maybe one more year. I mean, it ma- everything really matters in how I grow. Yeah. If, if I stay like this, I'm gonna stay on it for two more years. So. But you know everything just matters how I grow. I might if I need to, I might have to go two fifty next year. So um, we'll see how I grow. But for now, uh, it's it's one twenty five or super mini. Well, you just let me know if you want to spend some laps on a YZ two fifty. Okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> I got a YZ two fifty two stroke. I'm sure Yamaha some, wouldn't get him somebody one. <laughs> to blow the cobwebs out of it because I can't ride it fast enough. So. <laughs> uh kate so i want to ask what you do just to step away from moto for a little bit like what are your hobbies and if you say golf i'm gonna hang up on you yeah no uh, uh, i mean i do golf a little bit but that's not my main well he he lives at hideaway Um, which is prime golf course so yeah uh, me and my friends were actually uh riding to um 7-eleven today and we went through the golf course on our bicycles but uh (laughs) um, i i I ride uh, first off exercising like working out and all that i that's my main hobbies. I like fishing a lot. Um, uh, in any real normal sport, like yeah. fo- uh, football, basketball, or flag football, with my friends, not actual tackle, basketball, um, baseball. The only sport that I don't love is like soccer, but um, my friends really like it, so I play with it, done a lot with it. But 
I just I just play whatever. I I really like all the sports. Um, sports are really cool for me. So um, anything that um, is a sport other than maybe soccer and baseball, yeah. I love it. So um, yeah. Well, Kate, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. I I love your personality, man. I'm I'm a big Thank fan. You. That's a big thing to me when I watch people when I become fans of racers. It's personality, and you have a ton of it. Thank you. That means a lot. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, I will see you around soon. At a, I don't know where you're riding. If you do like the, the time I saw you was at, yeah, at we're um, too South slow. Central. We're, yeah, we're too slow. We don't like riding at uh, Quicks Motor Ranch. I'll make it way too rough and hard yeah. for us. Well, so. still, I, I want to go. <laughs> I want to go watch him ride. So maybe we'll have to make a trip out there. You know, and do do yep. some, a video or something. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That'll be fun. Okay, thank you so much. Tell your mom and dad thank you for allowing you to come on. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much. It means a lot. Okay, Kay, take care. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay, bye bye. Yep. Man, that was fun. I hate that. I'm super frustrated that the the software quit again, but thankfully I had the backup. But that was Kay Johnson. Yeah, that that kid is awesome. Yeah, he's on it, man. His his uh his parents have done a really good job. Yeah. I've talked to his mom a little bit. They're super down to earth, and they're just thankful for everything that they get. And she does a great job of uh, of showing that through their social media. And his his brand is going to be very very strong when he he makes yeah. it. I remember when I met him at South Central, South, South Central. I think it was that Halloween Jason Anderson race. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. And like I hadn't heard of him, but I wasn't really following the amateur scene enough. And and maybe it was Doc or somebody was like, "Do you need to talk?" You know, Katie's got Yamaha support, and yeah, he, it was. Uh, he was a really cool kid even then. That was like over a year ago. It had to be. Maybe it was last Halloween. Maybe it was last year. It was, I think it was last year when it was still South Central and Jason Anderson and yeah, the Team was, Pride event. Yeah, yeah that's that what it was. Ago. Yeah, super cool kid. Yeah, yeah, super down to earth. Wow. For yep. sure. We're going to take another commercial break, and we'll be back with Sophia Phelps. Are you tired of your bike looking stock? Have you had enough of arm pump from inferior handlebars? Are you sick of losing the race on the last lap because you can't hold on to your old worn-out grips? If you've had any of these things happen... You don't have to be the laughing stock of your Moto Group anymore. Today, the Moto X Pod Show is here with the solution of all your problems. Torque One Racing. Torque One is an organization founded by individuals with passion above and beyond for the racing industry. Their mission is to provide high quality, economical performance parts for your dirt bike, quad, and street bike. From the attack handlebar, defy lock-on grips, vengeance levers, and more, their products are made to the highest of quality, the lightest in weight, and most importantly, affordability to their customers. They bring passion, commitment, energy, focus, enthusiasm, and ambition to their products, and most of all, they are an experienced organization that has come together from other organizations to bring you the best of the best. Visit them at TorqueOneRacing.com. That's T-O-R-C-1 racing.com. And be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook. All right. Our next guest of the night is going to bring, be brought to you tonight by Works Connection. Since the inception of Works Connection in 1989, Eric Phipps' goal has been to produce works-like products for the general public. Products like the Industry Standard Pro Launch Start Device, the Elite Clutch Perch, Radiator Braces, Customized Master, master Cylinder Covers, and much more, it's hard to imagine you not going to worksconnection.com so you too can have what the pros use. 
Use promo code MOTOXPOD20 to save. Tonight, Works Connection brings us two-time women's motocross national champ, amateur national champion, Sophia Phelps. What's up, Sophia? Not much. How about you? Not a lot. Just doing the show, talking to a bunch of Loretta's champions tonight. We had uh, Kate Johnson on, Avery Long, Bray, uh, Caden Braswell's coming on next, but super excited. No way. Yeah. I get to be in that lineup? You do. Okay. And, and uh, of course, McElrath. Shane McElrath was our first guest of the night, so... No kidding. Yeah. Okay, I feel kind of cool now. Well, you are kind of cool. So I first saw you on the podium after the first moto, and you were just talking about like how much you love your competitors. And then I saw Kiefer was like friends with you, and I was like, okay, this 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 girl's got to be rad because Kiefer's, even though Kiefer can be a butthole sometimes, he's one of my guys. So I was very very impressed with just you as a personality, not even to mention your riding. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I mean, everything I said on the podium is true. And yeah, I did. I think I did mention that Kiefer likes to give me a little bit of crap for you did? Um, getting along with my competitors so well. But I think they're all really fun. I think, honestly, everyone in the women's class gets along yeah, um, I th- pretty well. I think differently than Chris does on that kind of stuff. I was just telling Caden, I asked him about me, if he's friends with his, his competitors. And he said, like, I think 38 of them. 38 <laughs> of the 40 he's friends with. So, so <laughs> okay. But uh, like, I love that. I love, and I've been friends with Ryder D for a long time since he was, you know, little. And I love that you can go battle with your friends because I think racing your friends is way more fun than racing your enemies. And, oh, and, yeah. and go out and lay it out a lot on the track and then come back and hang out and talk smack. I, I think that is the joy of riding for me. So I love that you're friends with all these ladies, and it seems like it's pretty mutual in the women's group. Yeah, for the most part, I think it is. Um, and I agree that it's way more fun to um, to battle with a friend versus someone who's just, you know, if you're out there with someone who you're not friends with, I mean, man, if you're out there, like almost, okay, I got to make sure I, I've got myself completely covered or, <laughs> you know, they're going to T-bone me yeah. or whatever they're going to do, right? And maybe they won't do that, but um, with a friend, I mean, I came back from motos and what, let's see, one of the motos, I don't, maybe the first motor or something. And uh, Taylor said, Hey, I didn't, I didn't push you too hard over there, did I? I was like, Oh, no, you're totally fine. And the next moto, I said the same thing to her and she said, Nah, you're good, you're good. So, um, yeah, I think it's fun to have that friendly competition where you can push each other around, but, um, but still be friends off the track. It's I think that's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, because post-race, you can talk to your friends and talk trash. And, and, you know, if it's someone that you don't like, then, like, there's no conversation. There's And most of us got into this sport just because it's fun. We're riding dirt bikes with our family or whatever. And, it you know, and, of course, it becomes serious later on. But, yeah, to, to be able to enjoy it with your friends and go battle with your friends, like, I don't think there's anything better. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, like you said, I didn't come into this sport to stress and worry and be angry all the time. Sure. I'm here to have a good time. And that's why, you know, a good chunk of my training, I'll just go play around in the desert because that's, what's fun. And that's, yeah, I'm, I'm here to have a good time. So tell, give us some background. How did you get involved with dirt bikes to begin with? Was this dad? Yeah. Yep. It was my dad. He rode, um, in his, mostly in his twenties, he, he raced a good bit just as a local pro. And then, um, well, let's see when he and my mom were having kids, he wanted a son first so he could, <laughs> um, you know, ride with his son and I'm the oldest child. So 
as the story goes, he was a little bit disappointed to have a girl and, you know, come to find out that I actually like to ride more than my siblings do. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, he just uh, kind of, he was encouraging the entire time, but never pushed it when I was a little kid. It was just, okay, if you want to go ride on Saturday, we totally can. And eventually I got pretty sick and tired of ballet and I, okay. I quit that and I decided dirt bikes are way more up my alley. So, uh, yeah, we started doing that a little bit more and, um, eventually some, you know, some friends at our local track were like, Hey, you know, you guys could probably try for Loretta's. I bet she'd qualify. So in 2016 was the first time that we went for Loretta's and made it there. And, and you were you, at that time, were you riding a lot of moto or riding in the Des? I think you said you rode some Des. Yeah. Yep. So growing up, I basically just rode the desert. We didn't have a track in my hometown until I was probably like 10 or 11. And then, um, and then we started riding the track more, but now my time is probably split evenly between the track and the desert just Mm. because now I don't have a a hometown track. Um, except for in the winter times, I'm really close to Mesquite MX and they'll, so yeah, they're only open in the winter, but I think that's where Mathis Scotty rides. Is that close to Vegas? Like within a couple hours? Yeah, it's yep. a, it's about an hour from Vegas. So yep. Mathis has been up there a time. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him talk about that place. So, yeah, I I don't know. You probably don't know the story, but Kiefer took me riding the high des about a month or so ago, and I almost died. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I just I I wasn't prepared. I got dehydrated. The two and a half hour ride or whatever to me felt like it was eight hours. Um, and yeah, when I got back there, there was actually a picture of me going around that he was posting on Twitter where I looked like I was dying and he thought it was really funny and he used it for a few days where it kind of went viral almost, but he, he, he thought that was pretty funny. I did enjoy it though. I loved riding in the desert. I just haven't done it in a long, long time. Yeah. It's, oh man, it's so enjoyable. When I was younger, my dad, um, it was my favorite thing for my dad to just take me on a trail ride. So all the time I'm like, dad, let's do a desert loop. He's like, man, we've run out of desert loops. We already <laughs> did all of the desert loops today. Um, but now um, that I'm old enough, my parents don't mind if I just take myself out. And if I have my fanny pack with my phone and water, then they don't bother me for however long I want to be out there and just go trailblaze a little bit. Wow. So that scares fun. me. That, that actually scares me as a parent that you're going out by yourself. I could, I, there's not a chance I would do that. I'm sure, I'm sure lots of people do it, but yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Well, I think my dad and I both know, uh, the, so we have two really good desert areas on either side of our town and we both know them like the back of our hands. So, um, if I can find a new place, that's really exciting for me to go explore it. And, um, yeah, they're, I, I don't know. They're very like opposite of helicopter parents. I'll have my phone die while I'm out on a mountain bike ride. In fact, I remember one time I was like 15, my phone died while I was on a mountain bike ride. I came home or I found a friend and, you know, called on her phone. I was like, I'm so sorry, mom, my phone died. And she was like, oh, I didn't even know why you were calling me. Just come home whenever you're done. (laughs) So they don't even, they're so chill about everything. I think, you know, they're very much like God has a plan. So she'll figure her way out. That's, That's nice. So, you know, now that you're a two time champion in the, the WMX class at Loretta's, you know, unfortunately, now that there's not a women's national series, and this is kind of the pinnacle of that, where where do you want to go next, and where do you kind of see Moto taking to taking your career? Man, that's a great question that I've been asked so many times in the past 
few days. Um, and I wish I had a super solid answer for you, but you know, I was actually just talking to my dad about this. There's kind of, I just, I've kind of come up with a, you know, a handful of things that I haven't done in my amateur career and well, career in general. Um, so, you know, we've kind of talked about those things like kind of just bucket list items. Um, I would love to try and do some pro nationals kind of like what Jordan Jarvis has done. And I, I feel like I wouldn't need to do a lot, honestly, I, to get one done or to, you know, to qualify for one and race, it would be awesome. Except I saying that right now, I know I'd get hooked and I'd be like, I need to come back. So, (laughs) so there's no way I would only do one, but, um, yeah, I don't really know. I'm started my, or I'm starting my sophomore year of college here in a few weeks. So as much as I come up with all these fun things, I also, I'm trying to keep focused on, I hate to say real life because dirt bikes are real life, but for women's motocross, they can only be so much of real life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I actually, obviously I listened to Chris's um, podcast he did from the track and you did, you were on there at least once as I recall. And then I watched yeah. Anton's video he did from, for SWAT Moto Live and, and you talked about that, the state of women's motocross. And I think uh, I wrote your quote down here. Let me, uh, you said it's like, Working nonstop towards a dead end, that's got to be really difficult. And it it's a bummer. I've talked to Jordan numerous times on this show, and she had mentioned that maybe last year or the year before, her dad and somebody was trying to get the women professional women's motocross thing going again. And it's just like, it seems like nobody really, that the powers that be just seem to have no interest. And I don't get it because as you talked about, like the, the heyday with Ashley and Jessica, those were some good races with the top couple, like it was really fun to watch. I enjoyed it. And there's some fast girls in the country and I feel like they deserve a place to go race professionally. Thank you. I appreciate your faith in us. Um, and I agree that I think we had some really cool races going on then. And I know that, um, argument that a lot of the, you know, promoters and whoever else, their argument is okay. Well, the women aren't as fast. They're not as fun to watch. I get that. Um, however, I will say that the, kind of like motocross media kind of decides where the attention goes. Right. So like highlighting certain riders are definitely going to cause the attention to go different places. So if we, you know, were to figure out a way to promote women's motocross in such a way that it's exciting, just like the men's, then I think our, you know, attention as a sport could go in that direction. And then there are other, um, another thing about women not being as fast is like, okay, right now the, women's motocross in an amateur scene we're not we're not as fast is completely correct i get that and i get that we never will be quite as fast but yeah, don't say um, never don't say never oh you're right you're right i should i shouldn't but i do understand you know the differences between male and female athletes are pretty large so um i get that and but um one big thing that i've been talking with a friend about is that um women in a lot of ways can't dedicate all of their time to racing. So for example, like I said, I'm going into college this semester, um, for my second year and it's not an option for me to not start a career in my eyes, at least because, um, because there's not going to be a career for me in motocross. So, or I don't, I don't see there being one currently. I shouldn't be so negative, but, um, yeah, that's somewhere that I want to go with it or, that's something that I really want to do is go to college. Now, if there was a great opening for me to go race 
in pro women's motocross, then I wouldn't be doing college this semester. I would be full-time training. And I think a lot of other women would be too. So in that respect, I think we would be a lot faster, but yeah, yeah. you know, we're all, there's a good chunk of us that are in school full-time or working or doing whatever else because motocross isn't going to pay the bills. So I think that's part of the reason why women are so far off the, uh, I don't know, so, so the much level. slower than men yeah, is the, partially the because we can't train as much. Yeah, it's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. And yeah, it's, it's not fair. That kind of sucks. Like I was th- sitting here thinking it'd be nice to know even if, okay, well maybe you don't get a professional career that goes very far, let's say, but maybe you have an industry job because of your ability and, and your um, knowledge. Well, your knowledge, but I was looking for um, like somebody that the other ladies can look up to a role model, being yeah. a role model, like there'd be a, a position open for you in the industry. If you knew you had something like that, that maybe even then you could go train now. Like, let's just pick a, a company, one of your sponsors. I don't like what do you wear? What boots do you wear? I wear a Fox. Okay. So let's say Fox says, Hey, Sophia, right now we want you to focus on do be the best female racer you can be for a couple of years, see how it goes. And when that time's up, we have a position for you here as a ambassador for women's motocross. Like, that would be why, would, why wouldn't these companies, Scotty, reach out and say, Hey, these women, we want more girls to ride. Let's have women as role models that the girls can look up to. I don't know why we don't do that, honestly. Yeah. It's it's sad. It it bums me out, Sophia. It really does. That's Hey, that's actually a really good point. Um, My dad, when we're talking about this, he has said so many times that um, the largest untapped market for motocross is female because and which is true because he talks about okay, every rider has a mom or a sister or a girlfriend or a wife who's coming along and you know, where, why don't we try and advertise to them? It's always, it's always going to the men, which isn't bad, right? Because currently that's where the market sits. The market is facing the men. Um, but man, if we tried to dig into the women's market, I would love to see more women out of the track. I think that would be so, so cool because it's something that I'm passionate about. And I'm sure there are so many women that would just love if they give it a, if they give it a shot. Um, so yeah, I think, it it would really be cool if brands did that, like you said. Yeah, you know, like I think Feld made an attempt at it for a couple of years with makeup to mud, and they they didn't do a, all women racers. There were some other, you know, what I don't know spots that weren't necessarily racers, but they were trying to bring some attention to women's riding. And then COVID happened, and that went away, and then just didn't bring it back. But yeah, uh, are you getting attacked by a demon? <laughs> I am so sorry. Okay. We just had a really irritating car drive by. That's fine. Yeah, that was, I that beg your fu- pardon. That was pretty funny, so actually. Sorry. No, don't. Do you live next fine. to Vin Diesel? <laughs> no, I live in a very quiet neighborhood. Yeah. I don't know why they had to drive down the street. Yeah. Loud cars are so irritating. Uh, sorry. I, I would actually It might be an unpopular well, opinion, but yeah. it is mine. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, you know, uh, the big thing about Loretta, as everybody talks about, is is the com the camaraderie with everybody and getting hanging out and seeing people that you don't get to see, but that one time a year. And I just kind of wanted you to take through what was it like off the track this year and what was maybe your favorite or most memorable moment outside of racing? Ah, man, there are so many good ones. Um, 
Let's see. Okay, well, driving around, you know, on pit bikes and golf carts is always really fun. Um, this year we had a rhino instead of a golf cart, so I was able to push our limits a little bit more, pass more people, got yelled at by a few more security guards and cops, so that was exciting. <laughs> um, let's see, that one. Oh, also due to that, we were able to ride through the mud a lot more, so that, that was good. I really like mudding in Area 3. I don't know if... There's a lot of things that we did that definitely weren't allowed. Um, <laughs> so those were pretty exciting. Oh, okay. One of my favorites, though, was probably after my third moto. I had never gotten ice cream from the cone on top of the stagecoach hill. I've heard about and, this. I've heard about it. Yeah. And everyone is like, this is the best. And I think it's the best because the experience is pretty great. Yeah. Um, so, but I had never done it. And I was, so I work with, um, Tyler Hayes and Kenny Day at Fox and Kenny Day said that he wanted to go up there and I was like okay well Gary gives me stomach problems but I'll go after my last moto so after my last moto my um my Rocky Mountain filmer and my sister and I went over and we got Tyler and Kenny um Aiden Kiefer came with us we ran up to the top of the hill and got ice cream so that was pretty fun that was good to pull the Fox guys away during intermission go get ice cream yeah those are the experiences that you'll always remember yes um i want to ask you so you won the championship last year and i think if i understood right it wasn't really expected as much was there a difference coming in this year like the the feeling of expectations or challenges uh to go back and win again did you feel like you were going to win again like how was it coming in this year versus last year yeah, so last year I was not the favorite to win, I don't think by any means. Um, but I had been, you know, like mentally telling myself, you can do this, you can win. So going in, I, I knew I had the speed, uh, though I was pretty surprised that I pulled it off. This year, I knew that I had the speed because I had done it once. So it's like, okay, I can do it again. But there definitely was that increased pressure. Um, a lot of people wanted me to run number one, but I thought I was like, man, I might crack under that pressure. <laughs> yeah. That's even more pressure. Yeah. You, um, you, you talked about on Kiefer's thing. I think it was like the, the, they always say the, the red plate is heavy. Yes. Yes, it is. So, um, yeah, there was, there was more pressure and I felt that I don't know if the pressure is why I decided to tip over in two of my <laughs> motos, but, um, Yes, it was there. I knew I could do it. Um, I did not know that I could do it in the fashion that I did, though. That's that's really cool. Um, I have one more question for you, Scotty. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm okay. Okay. So I believe, if I heard right, you're you're Mormon, correct? Yeah. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mormon is kind of a slang term. Okay. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. No, you're good. You're uh, good. So with that background... And knowing the keepers the way I do, do they make you uncomfortable at all? Because I love, I love them, but I could see that being you being like, oh, wow, that's a little strange, right? Um, the keepers, so they are, they're so good to me. They know their boundaries. Yeah. Um. It, so I will say that um, I had kind of met Aiden. So the way that Aiden and I met um, is when we were actually wanting to protest him at a regional. So that's a great long story. But uh, they invited me to come ride in Mesquite one day, and I had listened to a Kiefer podcast, and I really, like, 
just a few days before I, I'm trying to remember they had a female on the podcast and I was like, Oh, that's cool. I want to listen. It was the first time I'd listened to the Kiefer podcast. And he said some stuff on there that I was far from impressed with. Right? <laughs> so like, I mean, members of my church, like a lot of them are way more chill about language and stuff, but oh, man, sometimes it just irks me okay. different like language and just, um, inappropriate stuff you can ask the boys that i hang out with at the track they know um but yeah so and i really i understand people can say whatever they want but yeah so he said some stuff that did not impress me and we came to ski the next day and i i guess at the time i didn't realize like that Kiefer was kind of a big name for it so <laughs> i totally chewed him out for it which i'm kind of embarrassed by now. no that's but awesome i told him i was like um what did, I don't remember exactly how the conversation started, but I just said, like, I listened to your podcast and I was not impressed. You said a lot of stuff that I didn't like. If I was the girl in the podcast, I would have hung up during the middle of your interview or whatever I said. Like, I chewed him out. <laughs> and ever since then, we've been really good friends and they are just so good about um, like language and just, they're so kind to me. So I really appreciate that. In fact, if you listen to the podcast, I was on at Loretta's with them. Um, it was very clean. Yeah. So, yeah. I think there was one moment, awesome. one moment where they were, maybe they were talking about Brownie or something. And, and he, he said something about like Heather showing him his boobs, her boobs or oh, something. Yeah. And I remember going like, that's typical for them, but knowing mm -hmm. that you were sitting there and hearing that you're, you know, that your background, I was like, Ooh, I bet that made her uncomfortable. But if you're on the keepers <laughs> at any time, any length of time, you know, that's just how they are. Like it's normal to them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I spent a, almost a week at Kiefer's house. Like I said, about a month ago, we went rode the high does and all that. And yeah, it was, they're, they're the best people in the world. So yes, they're, Oh, they're just like genuine kind people all the time. And I love it. So yeah, when they brought that up, I just kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, I mean, go figure, but yeah. if this is the worst I'm going to hear on the podcast, then, <laughs> then so be it. Like, you know what? They're, they could have, there could be so much worse that could be said. So yeah. yeah. And I really appreciate it because they really cleaned up the language and everything for me on there. So I think that just shows how kind and respectful they are. Absolutely. Well, Sophia, it's been fantastic. Uh, you know what? Last thing I want to ask you about, I almost skipped this was working with Kyle Lewis. Yeah. Just what's that like? What's he, what's he, what's the top two or three things that he helps you with? Okay. Um, let's see. He talks a lot about where your eyes should be while you're writing um, and that is, that's probably the biggest thing that I've picked up from him, uh, that I've been working on. Um, yeah. So your eyes and then just, um, there's a lot of different like body movement things that, okay. So you know that, you know, coming in, you have to have your, um, your elbows up and coming into a corner, you should push your body back or whatever. Right. You know, there's like the typical things, but he'll describe them in such a way that it's like, okay, you're going to wait this or, you know, twist your this, you know, twist your arm to do this or whatever. It's just very particular, which I really like because sometimes people will say, Hey, you need to do more of whatever it is. And I'll say how, and they're like, well, you just do it. Oh, but yeah. just do it sometimes is like, I'm like, can you just explain it better? I feel like he, if I ask him to explain it like more in depth, he will tell me exactly what I need to do. So I really appreciate that. That's great. Uh, let me ask you this then. So with the eye position, my, mm -hmm. my eye position is straight down on my front fender so I can see what red I'm going in. Is that correct? So that's exactly <laughs> wrong. If you can see your front fender at all, then you are yeah. probably a little bit off. Yeah, I think I've been, I've been a little bit off my whole riding career. So I, I, <laughs> how am I supposed to know that I'm not going to crash if I'm not looking at the rut that I'm trying to not crash in? 
Oh, that's a, that's a good point. Let me. I'll go ask Kyle that one. I'll let you know. What <laughs> you know, Kyle is yeah. also really good with suspension. So yeah, okay. if there's one last thing I had to say, that it, he is really really good with that. So I mean, just huge improvements in. I mean, okay, so I've had Factory Connection do my suspension for the longest time, and they're incredible. But there are things that Kyle picks up on because he's able to watch me constantly, um, and then he'll call and tell them. So that's a really cool thing that I have, like almost like a middleman between my um, suspension guys and me riding is his um, his eye for suspension and the bike's reaction to riding. That's Yeah, that's great that you have that. He's uh, He's been around a long time, so that's cool. Sophia, it has been absolutely a blast to talk to you. I'm really glad that Chris gave me your number. I didn't want to creep you out. I don't know if he even told you he was giving me your number, but um, yeah, I reached out to him. Right after, I think the day after you did the podcast, I was like, I, I need to get her on our show. So, <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh, that means so much to me. No. Um, yeah, it wasn't creep at all. It's, um, yeah, I was honestly very flattered that you wanted me on your show. So thank you so much. Anytime, Sophia. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's a lot of fun watching you ride, and I hope to have, to see big things come your way. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Okay. I hope so. Okay. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Have a good night. You too. Bye. All right. What did you think of Sophia Phelps? Man, we just had a we stepped the game up as far as as how it was good quality of people that have been champions this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've got a lot of a lot of champions on one show. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know how many I have to do the count that the math to see how many championships have been total on this show tonight. Yeah. Well, and n- none of them are coming from us, but well, well, I've had like some night na- night championships. I won the two stroke vet class at the Moto Master Series out of yeah, like six people. <laughs> All right, let's take our last break. We'll come back with Caden Braswell, and then I'll eat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, we'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Hunter Lawrence, and you're listening to the Moto X podcast. All right. Next up. Our next guest is going to be brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Blood Lubricants were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race moto, cross-country, side-by-sides, or even sprint cars, Blood Lubricants has a product for you. The new Barracuda Bloodline is out with multiple weights, better protection, better performance, and it lasts longer. Use promo code MOTOX to save. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us the 250 Pro Sport champ and the Open Pro Sport second-place finisher, at Loretta Lynn's, Caden Braswell. What's up, Caden? Nothing much. How's it going, Mr. Jamie? Well, it's going Scotty. really well. It's going really well. You didn't mention is the best award that he got. Oh, the, yeah, the Horizon winner. Yes. You're right. I did not mention that. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was a, a big honor to win that one. I'm dreaming since I first started coming to Loretta's about that award. It's I'm just so pumped. Has it all said? Has it all said in yet? Because I feel like everything I've heard from any of the media people talking about it, like you are the biggest surprise of the week. Do you feel like you're the biggest surprise of the week, or did you believe in yourself that you could get this done? Well, it's been a crazy year. If I'm being (laughs) honest, I've I've always believed I can do the impossible, you know, with God at my side. But no, I won it. I won. Loretta's last year, so I'm not quite. I don't understand why it was such a huge surprise. I uh, upset the Romano streak last year and won that Schoolboy Two title. That's true. And then this year, yeah, it's, it's been really, really rocky. I've uh, I switched over from KTM to Gas Gas, and then 
just been, you know, getting the bike dialed all year, training. We switched up training places. I went from where I was, and then I started training at Baker's. And then I trained at Baker's all year. And then right before Loretta's, I, I switched it up again just because I was, was starting to create some bad habits, you know. Yeah. I'm still young, so I needed a little bit more technical kind of training yeah. i need to kind of just stay you know persistent on that stuff which i thought we did good with before loretta's this year i went back to tyler's with chase and premier sports performances guy named justin boyd he's real good um but no i, I had nothing but good things to say about alden then i felt like i was in the best shape of my life you know, Alden's real smart about all that. And then right. he got me into this little church group I thought was super fun. Still going now. I still talk to him and all that. But no, I wasn't, I was kind of surprised everybody thought I was a shocker at Loretta's, you know. I, uh, I'm i glad I proved everybody wrong, you know, and, and came out of nowhere. Felt a little bit like an underdog, which is which is always cool. Yeah, but it's a good story. No, I was, I was so pumped on my performance at Loretta's. You know, I... Really, half the week I didn't know who I was. I was <laughs> felt like God was acting through me, you know. I prayed to him. I said, listen, I'll follow the yellow brick road. I ain't even going to ask where we're going. Just take me take me where you want me. Let me be a light, you know. So that was kind of my only goal throughout the week was just to, you know, show God through me with yeah. uh, everybody else. You know, just, just wanted to be, I guess, a people pleaser. You know, work work as a, a messenger, servant, you know, to the hardworking people. But, uh, you know, other than that, I just, I was surprised. Everybody was so surprised about me being good. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm really happy with where I am. Uh, being on the show is a big accomplishment and an awesome opportunity. I thank the world of you guys. I just started listening to these Moto Pod shows about a year ago when I, when I started doing these long road trips to the races, I yeah. it's a great way to fill the time. And y'all always have such positive stuff to say. There's some shows out there that really dig into the negative, but even then you can kind of learn something from it, you know? So it's just really wherever you, you open your eyes to. And I really like this show. Oh, you guys do a really good job. Well, that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I'm honored that you listen. That's, that's really fantastic. Um, I want to ask you, so to expand on the, you know, the surprise of the week things, you know, that we've been saying, I guess, um, there's also like, you don't have, from what I understand, you don't have a lot of like major teams looking at you and trying to give, give you help or, or back you. Is that true? Have you, or has that changed or, or is that just bad information that I have? How crazy is that? You know, yeah. uh, you go in and you win the Horizon Award. There's a very short list of people that have done that. And then you kind of in my position. Not that people ain't looking, you know. I have an amazing agent. He he, uh, he works for a lot of different riders. And I feel like he's he's doing a good job for me. He's working hard. But uh, no, I really haven't heard a whole lot yet. And I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Normally you win the Horizon Award and... You know, you're you're set up for your horizon. You know, my horizon's <laughs> kind of looking a little uncertain right now. I know, you know, I can do great things with the the people I have behind me, no matter where that takes me in life. But kind of, you know, surprised with the moto industry. I feel like it's gotten so single focused on social media, mm-hmm. like you know, 
Instagram fast or YouTube fast. Not saying that, you know, there's not a lot of really good fast people out there, but I feel like it's kind of, you know, gotten blind to, I guess, the me or the Avery Long out there in, in the world that we're kind of, we're, we're fast. We're right there with them. I've grown up, everybody you hear of nowadays and more, we've all grown up racing. Me, Jet, Nick, Ryder. I mean, we all grew up together racing. And I know there's a few more in there I'm, I may be forgetting, but I mean, it's been battles ever since we were on 50. So to see it kind of separate the way it has and different classes and all that, it's, it's really neat. I guess just to look at it and see where people are really trying to find that edge because motocross is in motocross and supercross. It's a very, you know, throw, jump through the gaps kind of, kind of world. Sure. It's really neat to see. Um, just, I guess where, where you can go or what people do with it. Yeah. It's not a, Go ahead. You can go. Sorry. I was just sitting here thinking about what we've been talking about, though, where you still aren't really getting the offers necessarily yet anyway. And I kind of like you being the underdog. Like, I, I could see you being one of those guys, all right, well, you know, maybe maybe Star Yamaha doesn't come yelling or maybe Troy Lee Designs doesn't come calling right away. But maybe you go do something else and you go show them boys how it's done and say, yeah, hey. You know, you remember when you weren't thinking about me? Well, now you are, and I want more. I don't, I don't know, but like, I could just see you being an underdog coming in. You know, and you shouldn't be an underdog. It doesn't seem like at this point, but maybe you can go in there and change some things. Yeah, I'll take a line out of Muhammad Ali's book right there, and I'll show you how great I am. Yes, I like that. Yeah, yes, no, sir. So you know, we you were kind of mentioning that you were surprised that everybody was kind of surprised. Um, that you that you had the success that you did this year, I think that a lot of that came from is that um, as far as the industry has been concerned, I think it's kind of everybody's been watching Ryder D since he was four years old and kind of been waiting for this year, and then and then it was kind of unexpected that he that he didn't win you know everything even though he you know he had some bad luck go his way, but kind of just talk about you know it's kind of a little bit of. David beating Goliath and kind of talk about what that means to you to kind of beat the guy that everybody's talking about being the next guy. Yeah. I, I, I love Ryder and this family. I went to Australia with them, you know, this year they're, they're going to race Finland and, and whatnot, but I got to hang out with them quite a bit over our amateur career. And it's always been crazy, you know, just how, how well they are at playing the game. Um, I love Ryder. He's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to see the bike troubles. You know, it's, it's never fun to win like that. You know, it, it's always better, you know, straight up or or whatnot. But no, I I do think it was it was really really focused on on Ryder. And then when I won, everybody was like, "Who's this? We we didn't even know about this guy. <laughs> we were so focused on on this guy. We we weren't paying attention to anybody else." Um, but like you said, I think um, it's just it's kind of crazy to me, you know. But yeah. I'm I'm pumped. No, nevertheless, you know, there's there's pros and cons to it. You know, I don't necessarily like to win due to a bike malfunction or a big crash, but part I'm of it. Very, uh, very uh, fortunate to have one. Nevertheless, I feel like I I had a great team behind me they 
they all deserve it as, as much as anybody else. You know, um, they've worked so hard just, just as I have, but I like, I like to suffer, you know, that's, that's part of the fun for me is just to see how far I can take it. You know, when you get to that point where your body's saying no and, and your mind's got to break through, that's, that's when you kind of open up and you just see everything a little bit more clearly. So mm. no, as far as that goes, I, uh, I'm really, really just pumped to where I am and glad all the hard work that everybody around me has put into me has paid off and, you know, is, it makes them happy. Yeah. And I think you kind of mentioned it a little while ago, you talked about like the social media presence and that, that is a big deal in marketing and, and what teams decisions are now. And maybe you're one of those quieter guys and a kid like Ryder D has had a lot of hype for a lot of years. So they, yeah, maybe they're, Maybe we have tunnel vision to a degree. We have a certain few kids that are like, all oh, these are the next big thing. And that's something like Mathis has talked about. And, you know, like you, you can't base everything that the pro career on what you see in the amateurs necessarily. There's a lot of kids that maybe don't have the best amateur careers or aren't the most hyped writer, but then they come into the pros and they mature differently and then they're the guy. So yeah, it's, it, it's uh, something that the industry needs to open their eyes to. And they're trying to, I think. Um, yeah, I yeah. think so too. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, you're good. You know, it's it's hard to pick a 65 rider, and then you know when when the work gets hard, the the hard get working, right? Right. Well, if he's been given everything since he was on a 65, he doesn't know what hard work is. He's got to learn that, and you know, the days of everybody thinks the days of someone coming onto the scene when they're, you know, like MC back in the day he didn't start riding a dirt bike till he was like 17 years old right but he was immediately a hard worker and i think at that this point in time in the sport because it's crazy you know everybody in the amateur league and then i was the same way my whole family you know you try so hard to get that amateur ride but then once you have that amateur ride you realize you, you can go buy your bikes and and kind of be in the same spot. Like there's nothing <laughs> special done there unless you have like, unless you have a pro deal, you are, you might as well do it yourself. I mean, it's really cool to have those supporters and it makes you look real good. But ultimately, unless you have that pro deal, you're not going anywhere. You know, um, I have a friend, Thomas Welch. Yeah. He, uh, he's a, he's a real cool dude. I've known him forever. He lived with me one summer and we, we call him whiskey. Welch. he's seen one of my good buddies, but he just decided, Hey, I'm going to go race pros. And he's done really good. He's, I shouldn't say he surprised me because I've always believed in him, but he has, he's done extremely well. And I think that's kind of the way to go for someone who maybe not, might not be like in the spotlight, but yeah. it's just as fast. I think until you can get into that pro league and, and show them you know like me I've, I've always been better at longer motos and rougher tracks like a lot of tracks on the amateur circuit have, have gotten worse like even loretta's this year that flood it came through for eight minutes so everybody was really really scared about the track and, and how much it changed and i had a lot of people tell me hey Caden, that flood came through for eight minutes it didn't move stuff that far like everybody's got a picture in their head of this flood coming through for a week and it's just a river over the track and and all this it it was one big surge of water for eight minutes and it destroyed a lot of things but it didn't really wash anything like 
away, away, you know, it, it kind of just, you know, rattled it up a good bit. So the track, I think still had a lot of that good dirt on it, but because it had baked, it got hard and then they wouldn't, they didn't rip it as deep this year, you know, because none of the, the big bike guys would complain about it or nothing. I talked to Tony Alessi, Mike Stagg, because we had a problem with the starting gate this year. It would get these massive holes right out of the gate, but then be immediately hard. Yeah, I heard so that. Then just these, yeah, these big old potholes. Well, that's because they wasn't ripped deep. It was just soft right there from where they had to redo the gates. So the track this year was was. I think a little bit more high speed than normal and, and choppy, you know, mm. where you go, we did that red bud combine. It was, it wasn't like a pro track either. You know, the next day when we got to do the site lab, the track was completely different. It was like a real rough, you know, that's the kind of stuff I feel like I like. And I think a few of these other amateur riders that like that ride, you know, maybe not a train of facilities, but ride more rural areas. And I think as a rider, that's what you're wanting. You're looking for is, is more of like a rural area, old sand pit or something you can make a track in. Something to, to teach you what real rough is. Like yeah. those MotoGP guys, those guys are gnarly. The tracks they practice on at the week, during the week is like, you don't walk around. It, it, is, it is crazy. That's the stuff I think is so much fun to ride on a dirt bike. Or even Supercross. I got to dabble in Supercross last year. And you get to ride you kind of just get into a flow. And I think that's what's so, so cool about, you know, dirt bikes is once you kind of get into that zone and that flow, it's, it's not necessarily about the the jumps or nothing like that, but just catching that flow and, and dissecting and breaking down. I think that's what makes it so cool. And I feel like I'm now getting sidetracked and at a completely different point. So no, it's good though. It's good. It's good to get to know you a little bit. So I'm digging it. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Well, so you're perfectly fine. This year was kind of interesting to see how many of the vet guys were kind of battling in there at the top 10, you know, Harrison and uh, a couple of other guys, Cole Martinez, uh, Cole Martinez and Alessi yeah. and even um, uh, Albertson was in there. So Jimmy. yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting to see that. And I just kind of wondered what it was like being in a battle with those guys compared to some of maybe the other guys, the same age in your class. Same age as you. Yeah, them 450s are gnarly. <laughs> Jimmy Albertson is just a wild man. Um, no doubt about that. I I gained a newfound respect for him. I always question, is he like Ronnie Mack or something? Like, I just don't know. Like, yeah, he is. Kind of seeing his wild personality, I was like, man, something something just seems close about those two. But yeah, no, that's him. He is, he is a wild man. I like him. I have so much respect for him now after meeting him. You know, he, he got a good start and one of the open pro sport motos and it was giving me a hard time. I was like, man, where did he come from? And that two stroke sounds good. Like I, I'm out there <laughs> trying to race and I'm like, man, that bike is pretty cool. This dude is good. Yeah. Who is he? You know, <laughs> but no, those, those 450s made it difficult because they would get the starts and then, you know, it's not like they're your average Joe or washed up guy. They're bad dudes. I sure. mean, just to make it to Loretta's in that class is, is hard enough. And the fact that they've, you know, come, they basically came off the couch and raced it to get to Loretta's. So I don't even know how they did that. I mean, that just goes to show they're bad dude. But then the experience they have and the lessons they teach you on the track, like, I battled with Mitchell Harrison in that last moto for like four laps. <laughs> Granted, I, I messed up and I let him back by me on accident. But, you know, you 
you pass, uh, not to throw anybody under the bus or make them look bad, but if you pass Ryder or Linville or Towers or uh, even Chimus, like you pass them and they're like, okay, he's faster. I'm going to ride behind him, see what he's doing, or they give up. When you pass those, I guess you call them vet dudes. Yeah, the experienced guys. When you, yeah, when you pass an experienced guy, they go right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all the A racing I've been doing this year. Them boys, they got they got children to feed. They got mortgages <laughs> to pay. They are they are not messing around. Right, like, it is a different kind of race than you'll ever do. And I think Deegan's getting ready to find that out when he goes to get his his you know pro card or a license. I don't know what he's quite doing, but you know, in the B class or even in the A class, it races with the younger dudes. When you pass them, they they yield. They give up. They they have no fight in them. But when you pass one of those dudes that's, you know, they're racing for money, it is serious. They do not mess around. And I learned that really quick. I went to this bird motor race, first ever A race. And there's this guy named Jamal Porter. He's a nurse. Dude, he put it on me. I was like, <laughs> and I was riding, I was probably four seconds a lot faster than, but he, would, he was jumping off the track. And I was like, man, I ain't never raced nothing <laughs> like that. I ended up winning the race, but I was like, just baffled it. And, what these guys will do for it. Like I went to this, uh, pro circuit open race, Michael Lessie won it, but man, these jokers are cutting the track. I was like, what? And I, <laughs> I don't like to cheat, but I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do something. I'm, I'm fixing, I can't even get my entry money back. Right. <laughs> I'd be setting the fastest lap time and getting 10th. That's like, funny. Something. And then that's where you really start learning. Like, you know, even though he, might have held me up a lap or two where I couldn't go catch Cole and I knew Cole was nervous I kept seeing him look back um so I couldn't catch him but the the amount of stuff I learned riding with Heath and like just persevering and digging deep time after time after you pass this guy that you think slower than you then he passes you back like normally you're like whoa and it kind of messes up your race yeah you gotta regroup so I was pumped that I was able to regroup and dig deep and then pass him back. And then he, uh, he bumped into me and like, most guys are like, Oh, I ain't messing with him. He's sketchy. But, and then I went back after him and, and finally passed him. Cause then I had Linville all over me. I was like, Oh man, this, these Yamahas, they sound gnarly from behind <laughs> me. And you, know, you, yeah. you gotta get away from them. You don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But it was just the amount of regrouping I had to do in that one race alone. Coming from dead last, I, I was that was honestly probably the hardest race of the week. You know, I didn't think much about it because I'd woke up that morning. All the dust from Loretta's had, had finally gotten to me, and I had my allergies all messed up. I couldn't breathe through my nose or nothing. I was like, "Caden, just suffer through this last one and give it all you got, and that's all you can do." Right? I started dead last with Ryder, and then he pushed me off the track. I was like, "Oh man." this is just starting out grand, you know? <laughs> and then I start passing these guys. The first mode, I was in the exact same situation. So I kind of knew what not to do. Like the first mode, I kept running into the back of guys. Cause, you know, I'd look for the fastest one to kind of break through and then I would chase, jump through that gap. And then, you know, he would make a mistake or something. I'd run into him and, you know, cause I don't use my back brake like at all. So, you know, I ain't really stopping real fast once I get going. I'm all about like building the momentum and, and finding the flow. So that's the thing. That's something I need to work on as a rider is c- kind of gaining a little bit more control 
as far as like coming through the pack, but you learn that with experience, you know, and not having done a whole lot of racing this year due to a few little injuries, I think that kind of had me a little off Mm -hmm. as far as the the coming through the pack. So I was really pumped that I somehow managed to come through second. I, uh, I was just talking to Jesus the whole time I was riding. I was like, Jesus, I don't feel real good. Can I get off yet? And I'll be like, well, I can get that guy right there. Jesus, help me get him. I'll go get him real quick. You know, I was just, normally I'll be singing out there. I'll be like, another one bites the dust. (laughs) (laughs) Another one bites the dust as I'm coming through the pack. Yeah, yeah. No, just some crazy, crazy racing. And now you can kind of go back and watch it. Most years they're, they're pretty like focused on their one guy on the TV. But this year it seemed like they covered a few more and, and it was really cool to watch, like go back and watch the race and on racer TV. And then I watched uh, a podium speech and then I was watching YouTube videos. I've never been over YouTube this much. So I was like, man, these are cool. I was watching all the little YouTube videos I was in. Yeah. You've been all I over. This, yeah. Yeah. I ran in this one with this Cooksey media guy. Oh, I was like, Oh man, he did not say very nice things, but you know, looking at the video, you can, and even the bad videos, like I said earlier, you can always pick something out that you can learn upon. And, you know, I picked out a few things I could could have learned upon from his video, you know. So I thought that was a pretty cool little learning experience um, just to see. And I thought it was pretty cool that I had someone that didn't like me, you know. <laughs> um, I thought I meant I was doing something right. I mean, it's really cool and everybody loves you and thinks you're doing good. Yeah. Like, that's what you do it for. But when you see someone, not saying that he didn't like me, but he just, he said, man, you got beat by an old dude. What are you doing? And I was like, I know I didn't like that either, but that old dude is a bad dude. Let yeah, me tell you, he, can, he can ride. And yeah. he got the whole shot in that thing. He was gone. I love it. I love I all this. Yeah. I love everything you're saying. That's, that's a, that was a great story. The whole thing, the way, like, I don't know if you listened to Pulp from last night, but that was a question that Steve kind of brought up on the show last night was like, is it a good thing that these vets are out there and some of them are beating some of the top guys, you know, is that the top amateurs, is that good for their, and then uh, checkers from race tech, he said, yeah, I think it's a good thing because, you know, they're, they're going to learn to deal with battling with those guys and passing guys back and forth and not in the, the, the guys are passing, not just giving up. You basically solidified everything that Checker said. Yeah, Checker's is a smart man. Yes, Let he me is. Tell you. Yes, he is. I don't know him, but I'd love to meet him. Listen. Yeah, he's a good dude. I will pass that along. He's awesome. Um, I got one more question for you that I want to ask. With with being you know on the the Austrian brands, Gas Gas, how much time did you get to spend with Daniel Blair this weekend, this last week? I like Daniel Blair a lot. I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with him. He was kind of stretched thin, you yeah. know. But I got to spend some time with him. We do this Orange Brigade camp every year yep. sometime before Loretta's, and he came up to that, and he was kind of like our media guy, you know, and he he taught me a lot. Like I, I really value his information. I think he's a smart dude. And I actually went walking with him to the track one morning. I woke up early, went for my run, came back, and then I was talking to him on my way to watch. I want to say it was Jeremy Sopini. He was racing super mini. He won. And uh, we were on our way to go watch, and he had me talking about something. I forgot what I was talking about, but I was so into talking with him about something that I didn't even realize where we were going. Next thing I know, we're at the starting gate, and he had, like, 
I guess use me as a conversation to get over there. And I was like, man, this Joker is smart. <laughs> I got to pay attention to what I say around him. Yeah. But, he, no, I, I really valued our, our time together. He's, he's real smart. He, he breaks stuff down yep. real good. And, you know, he lives up there in uh, South Carolina by one of my buddies now. So it's cool to, to see everybody kind of getting along and, and see where he's at now. So yeah, definitely. No, I like Daniel, nothing but good things to say about him. Awesome. Caden, it's been really a lot of fun to talk to you, man. You're very well-spoken, very intelligent. I loved everything you had to say. Um, it's pretty interesting to hear it from your, your vision or your standpoint of, you know, how the week went. So thank you for joining us tonight. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you having me on. We'll get you go on get again. You some food now. I know yeah. you're hungry. Yeah, I'm about to go <laughs> eat some food up, and then I'm going to get back to work for a few hours. But thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing how your career progresses. And I hope you stay an underdog that keeps surprising people. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Hope to be on your show again one day. Absolutely, Caden. Thanks, buddy. Bye. How are you right. doing? Good yeah. Caden Braswell. What a surprise, man. Yeah. Is, I mean, it was is a, it just me, or did, we, did it just feel like we just talked to Michael Dean Gage for – 20 minutes. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Dude, that's the way, the way he sounded, the way yeah. he talked and everything was just like him. Didn't even put that together. Am I wrong though? No, no. I, I, yeah, you're, yeah, that I was get, cool. I get what you're saying. It's, yeah. It, the, some of the mannerisms, the things that he said. Yeah. I think it's because you, you know him so well yeah. that you don't, it kind of is closer to I you. I should have had him on the night too, but I've, but they, has, they, you know, the, I've only had a few the, conversations with him, but the little ones that I have is sounded, that's yeah. what it sounded like. We had a full gate tonight. So yeah, we yeah. was definitely wide Let's open. wrap this thing up so I can't get some food. I want to thank a Cherubies USA, race tech, fly racing, X brand goggles, works connection, torque one racing, R jerky, firm Lords graphics and Jersey ID, shock socks, Williams Motorworks, extreme colors, blood lubricants, power band racing, true fusion sports, grill your ass off all on board. I want to thank Shane McElrath, Avery Long, Cade Johnson, Sophia Phelps, and Caden Braswell. Scotty, I thank you, but I don't feel like it. So, yeah, I don't matter. Everybody anyways. listening, uh, if you're still with us, I appreciate it. If you guys are listening to this post, thank you. Go to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com page. Three hour show. Yeah, well, it'll be a little bit shorter once I edit, but it's pretty close. Uh, Patreon and support the show if you can. You can give, you know, five bucks a month, it goes a long way to helping out the show. Uh, yeah, other than that, we're out, guys. Later.